Welcome to the One Life One Chance podcast. I'm your host, Toby Morse. Today, I have a very special guest. I met this dude in the early 90s. We're in the, uh, a video together, actually. Mr. Estevan Oriol. Thank you for being here, man. Yes, sir. Um, I think I met you on the set of the uh, House of Pain, Shamrocks, and Shenanigans video. Yeah. That would be like 92. Yep, for sure. Um, so, yeah, before we get to LA Originals and how amazing that is and uh, how you covered everything of your life, which is incredible from being like a tour manager and taking photos and documenting everything, I want to take it back just a little bit with you. And uh, were, you, were, you born in, were you born out here? Yeah, I was born at St. John's in Santa Monica. And okay. then I grew up on the west side. And then uh, when I was old enough to move out, I got an apartment in Hollywood. Yeah. And then I just started living there, working in, in Hollywood and got you know i used to i was going to the clubs and stuff since i was like 15 yeah and i used to go to shows before that when i was in uh junior high we'd go to like untouchables and and different type of shows like that so um you know like that was in the beginning of all the every kind of music yeah that is like um is popular today you know there was that was in the when punk rock was beginning when uh you know for for us out here you know yeah, yeah, yeah. like punk rock ska mod um new wave hip-hop and we all you know before all that came there was classic rock and like yeah. funk and soul so in my house my mom listened to um like our old soul and and um jazz she liked like george benson and and uh willie bobo and then uh you know she listened to the you know the regulars like the marvin gay al Green's, yeah, yeah. earth wind and fire that type of stuff so then as a kid and being in the skate scene and shit like that we used to listen to you know um led zeppelin and the doors and Jimi hendrix and that kind of stuff so when punk rock and all those things started you know flourishing here yeah. in the city we as kids started you know trying to go to shows and and we'd fake our ids to go to clubs and i became real familiar with a lot of the club people and i started working as a doorman and uh that's how i met a lot of people in the music industry yeah yeah like uh, everlast and mugs from cypress and booyah tribe and all those guys so you know, you stay hang out with, uh, you know, the guys from Fishbone and Trulio Disgracious, Bronx Style Bob, all those, that whole scene, like the L.A. scene. Yeah. Which, you know, like Red Hot Chili Peppers came out of that that era. So I, I met Mugs through the clubs, but then we started hanging out, you know, during the day and, and nights I wasn't working. And he took me down to Cypress Ave and I met B-Real and, and Send Dog and gave me uh a, like the original demo tape Damn. that he had made like you know maxwell yeah, tdk yeah. tape or whatever and wrote yeah. cypress hill on it he's like hey man i got a you know we got an album and we're about to get signed to a record label and you know they're they're gonna put out a record and that was in 89 and the album 89. came out in 91 so i had the album two years before it came Damn. out and, game um, changer album hell yeah so then when that came out you know we'd go to the shows locally i went to new york and went to uh it was called uh red red something um was it was it club red zone maybe okay something like that. In the early 90s 
Yeah, and they played out there for one of those, um, uh, like Jack the Rapper type things. It was oh, like yeah, one yeah. of those, um, not seminars, but they'd call them some convention, like a hip hop convention yeah. type thing. And they were one of the showcases, and we all flew out there and did the shows. And then around '92, Muggs was like, "Hey man, um, <laughs> I want you to to work with us." And I was like, "Oh, cool, you know, like what am I gonna do? Carry yeah. equipment or carry luggage, whatever, you know." And at that time, I was working construction during the day, and I was a doorman at night. And uh, he goes, oh, no, it's not with us. It's with these new new guys that got coming out, some white boys. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, fuck. You know, because at that time, it was like third base and vanilla ice. Yeah. So it was like, fuck, I hope it's closer to the third base side, you know? I love third base, man. And then, uh, you know, within seconds, I'm thinking all this shit. <laughs> and he goes, oh, you know the homie Everlast from Rhyme Syndicate? And I was like, oh, yeah. And he goes, it's him, but he has a group called House of Pain now. Wow. And I was like, oh, okay, dope. You know, is it, is it through Ice-T and all that? And he's like, no, I'm I'm doing it. I produce some music and, yeah. and the DJ, DJ Lethal, you know, he did some tracks and Another homie that he went to school with, Danny Boy, and, you know, I'm going to send you out on tour with them to be a road manager, you know, like a yeah. tour manager. And I was like, all right, you know, what do I got to do? He goes, you know, just take them to interviews and check them into hotels and check them into the flights. And, you know, they're going to give you, like, uh, per diem money, and you give them their little money every week. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, just keep receipts and shit like that. I was like, yeah, yeah, I could do that shit. <laughs> so he was like, it's not... uh a paid job at first but you know it's a first promo tour you go out yeah. in the summer if you like it you know maybe if they start making money you can you know get a job out of it yeah. so i asked my bosses and they're like yeah fuck yeah go for it you know you always got a job with us that's, that's a cool great opportunity yeah you know? for sure so i went out on tour with them and we were doing all the promo shit and going to radio stations, mostly like college radio, because yeah. that's how they used to break records back then. Totally. There was no going to a real radio station until you had a hit or a song that you yeah. know, was radio friendly. And it seemed kind of like instantly that Jump Around took off. Hell yeah. And we started getting on like small tours opening up. And I remember I had like the, I would carry the DAT tape. And it was a seven-minute dat. And it was uh, like a couple-minute intro, and then it'd go in to jump around, and then that was the whole, that was our show. <laughs> that was it? Yeah, it was like seven <laughs> minutes. Oh, shit. So that's before the record dropped, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Damn. And, and they were just, you know, leaking out, um, uh, jump around, and Shamrocks and Shenanigans yeah. was the second single. So they were like putting those out, and, we started getting on little, little, you know, pop up shows, and yeah. then we went on tour with the Beastie Boys, and wow, that's when Jump Around blew up. Blew the fuck up, right? Yeah, and then we got kicked off that tour because we were too rowdy. Yeah, and then uh, <laughs> it was on, you know. Yeah, did you the, realize that being a tour manager was much more than you expected? Oh like, yeah, I had no idea. <laughs> You know, for me, they said, like, Muggs made it sound so easy. Right, right. He was like, all you have to do is check them in the hotel, get check them into their flights, and make sure you guys get to interviews and stuff on time. Like babysitting them and shit kind of, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's easy, you know, no problem. <laughs> but then it became into where I was a full-blown accountant. 
I had to learn everything about merchandising. You know, the yeah, man. putting the merch into the into the venues, counted it in, counted it out. You know, adding up that money. You know, when I drop it off, and then subtracting right. that from what sold, and going to shows and getting the second half because the first half half was deposited to the agent. So I had to get the second half, and then if we sold out, I had to do the overages. So there was like a lot of um, a lot of shit that wasn't mentioned. Right. Right. Yeah. And absolutely. I had to just do it, you know, and yeah. that was the one thing. I was never scared of it, you know. I just I just made it work. I made it happen and that's I think probably Mug saw that in me before and he he kind of knew I could do it cuz he, he had already it. been touring since 73 and in Cypress Hill, so to for him to bring me in, he had to you know be watching me and seeing yeah. how I had respect for people, but I wasn't a pushover and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, so yeah. There was a a show I uh, I'll never forget. It was in New York, and it was us, Ice T, um, Onyx, and another band. And Kara uh, Lewis was our booking agent, like Rakim says. And <laughs> we she told me, "Hey, make sure you get that money before the guys hit the stage." And I go, "Okay, cool." So I went to the promoter. We were in the dressing room. I go, hey, man, uh, you know, I need to get that second half before we hit the stage. And he was like, uh, okay, yeah, hold on a minute. So they, the tour manager for Mice T came over and goes, hey, man, homeboy's going to cut us a check. And then, you know, we can go on stage, but, you know, don't sweat him. You know, and I was like, oh, I don't know about that. You know, they told me to get cash because his checks were no good. But mm -hmm. I didn't tell him that. I was like, okay, cool. Thank you, man. Right. So I went to the promoter. I was like, hey you know if you want us to go on stage i need to get that cash and he goes well didn't the other tour manager talk to you i go yeah but that's you guys had your own deal well, right. he's yeah. in another band another management another everything i'm in my i'll do my own thing he goes well you know we we've already talked about it i was like i don't care you know <laughs> like i need to get that money or we don't <laughs> go on stage and he kind of put it like we're the bad guys because like all the other guys, you know, right, right, blacker, agreed. you know, hip hop dudes, and yeah. like we're the white boys causing the drama, you know. So it's kind of like, oh, okay, man, you know, you're not, you're not, you're not a team player, you know. And I was like, no, nah, they didn't even like that, man. It's like they told me to get the money before I went on stage because you guys, you know, don't always pay your bills, like yeah. straight out, like mm -hmm. you guys don't do business right. So if you want them to go on stage, I need the money or we go home. I don't. It, to me, it don't matter. I don't care. Right. I, I get yeah. paid the same weekly salary no matter what. So you want to give me the money? Cool. If you don't, cool. He goes, well, you know, how am I supposed to get the money? I go, well, let's go to the door. You know, there, yeah. there's, there's people in here. Right. Yeah. Let's go to the door. If if all those other dudes are taking a check, then there will be enough cash for us. And he's all, okay. Well, so we go to the door, and they were short. So. And he goes, okay, well, will you take this? And I go, let's go to the bar. Wow. So we went Damn. to the bar, <laughs> and and there was the the rest of the money was there. And I shook his hand. I go, thank you, man. You know, you got a show. And he was salty, you know. But that was the orders that I got. I'm not gonna, yeah, cause problems on my camp, mm -hmm. you know, for my job, because this dude don't pay his bills. 
So I got the money. They killed it in the show. And the it, was, other, it was there. It was a crazy show. Yeah, the other dudes were mad at me because I, I, I you know, Took care of walked, business. Home, walked home by around to all the cash registers and cleaned them out. <laughs> but, you know... At the end, I heard that they didn't get the checks. Oh wow! Yeah, the checks right, didn't. Right. The checks bounced. So wow. we were the only band that got paid, and it was because I had to walk up homeboy to each register, and you know, but shake you got him, it done, shake him down. You know, yeah. 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 I met I met Tupac at that show. He was there. Yeah. And there was photos. There's a photo of me in House of Pain in that Who Shot You book, and that was from that show. Man. Because he was backstage with Ice T and shit. That's that's one of the bummers that I have in my life is that <laughs> I didn't shoot. shoot all the shit that yeah. I saw. Like, I'm pissed that I didn't... There's so much shit I missed. Like, but you did capture a lot, though. Yeah. Tupac, you know, like, I was with those two dudes well, you, you a few a, times. Quite a bit of footage, though, from being on the road and shooting, but you mean early, early on. Some of these yeah. moments, yeah. Like, okay. like I, I, in the beginning, I just had a camera, you know? Like, it was right. more like a tourist type thing. Like, right. if we went to Paris, I'd take a picture of the Eiffel Tower. Okay. Yeah. Or if we went to New York, I'd go to the top of the Empire State Building mm-hmm. and take a picture of the Twin Towers. I have those kind of shots. Yeah. You know, did, like, did you have any idea, like at that time, while you were taking photos, that they could be used in the future? Never. Okay. I never thought I was going to be a photographer. Even I thought that's I was just going to ask you. I thought I was going to be. You know how road guys dress. You know, like crew guys. Yeah. They have like the cargo <laughs> shorts yep. and those kind of like. I don't know if they're like hiking boots or some type of like high top shoes. Yeah. yeah. They're like like uh light green or or like tan. Earth earth tones? Yeah, earth tones <laughs> and they go with the cargo <laughs> shoes and then they have free yeah. shirts that they got from every show. Yeah. And their hair's shot out and they have like a like a dad hat, <laughs> you know? They all have the same uniform. <laughs> And I oh, saw shit. myself as that guy just not dressing like that. Right. You know? Yeah, like yeah. I was gonna in the beginning I was like, because we were so busy, I never had to do the thing where I'm calling another band or calling another management company to try to book another tour because we were coming off of a tour to where I'd have to tour manage another band oh. to stay yeah. working. Like we're nonstop until yeah they went uh, the first album like a year and a half two years the second album a year and then they broke up and so I was like it was like fucking we hit the pavement and never stopped yeah and it was insane and the most incredible experience of my life and then when they broke up. I was like, fuck, now what do I do? You know, I'm not trying to go back to <laughs> doing construction, yeah. you know, fucking sanding wood for fucking eight hours and, yeah. you know, staining it and doing all this shit. So I called B and I go, hey, man, you know, be real from Cypress Hill. I said, hey, these dudes are done. So, hey, I just called to tell you guys thank you very much for the opportunity. You know, that was like, the summer vacation that lasted three years and it was like the best time of my life. And I'm really grateful for everything that they chew mugs and sin. And of course, you know, house of pain did for me. Yeah. And they're like, Hey, well check it out. Our tour manager just fucked up and he's, he's out. Do you want to roll with us? And I go, fuck yeah. Well, you know, what's up? They go, the first show is kind of like a, 
like your audition kind of you know to see if you could kick it with yeah. the, with the big boys you know <laughs> and it's uh it's the Woodstock 94 oh, damn so that's a like, crazy one too yeah the sickest show i've ever been to in my life so they're like um you know, uh bobo eric eric mm-hmm. bobo which is willie bobo's son yeah, which that's... my mom used to go and see him like every week i didn't know that at that's a sick. jazz club and out there by the beach so you know fucking 10 years later i'm supposed to meet up with his son that that's crazy my mom has seen play live with his dad i'm supposed to meet up with him at the airport in new york he was coming from miami i'm coming from la and they were taking us it was so fucking like a, a acid trip that i don't remember we went to jfk or LaGuardia. how we got from there to wherever we went and we got on the airplane uh helicopter damn and there was a four-seater aside from the pilot and the and the co-pilot so there was them, them two in the four seats in the back and it was me and bobo and two band members from uh, Jefferson Starship. Oh, oh shit. Which, Your first you know, time in a helicopter too, right? Probably. Yeah, okay. I'm sure, man. And, and here we are going with two dudes from the original Woodstock. The White Rabbit is one of my favorite songs. That's Absolutely. cool, man. So I'm like fucking starstruck, but I'm playing it cool. <laughs> I didn't take no pictures. Another time I felt like a Damn. fucking dumbass, you know, like, who wouldn't have fucking taken a picture in a helicopter these dudes in a said. helicopter, in a helicopter yeah. with two dudes from Jefferson Starship? <laughs> it's so like, random. It's crazy. Only me. Yeah. I'm probably yeah. the only idiot that never thought of that shit. You know, it's crazy. But here I had a camera, but I was so like into being cool and not fucking with people and bugging them yeah, mm, totally that I didn't ask Tupac for the picture at that show. Yeah. I didn't ask fucking Jefferson Starship for the picture of which they would have even loved to have a fucking sure. just a quick snapshot of them flying in a helicopter over 500,000 people in the backstage into the Woodstock. It's fucking amazing, man. And we get out and we're like, okay, we're here. You know, <laughs> wow, like, dude. who wouldn't have wanted that picture? Yeah. but You in the moment, though, and shit. Like, I was, like, tripping the whole time. Like I, like I said, I felt like I'm on an acid trip. Like, yeah. the whole thing is uh, surreal to me. So we get there, we meet up with the band, and they're like, all right, you know, you got to set up stage, um, you know, set up uh, the equipment. Yeah. You know, we have a couple of our crew guys, and Henry Rollins was on stage with the Shit. Henry Rollins band, and he was, you know, yeah. he was doing his thing and <laughs> yeah. fucking in his black shorts, no shirt, no shoes, Classic just shit. shorts in the yeah. mic. And I was like, man, that motherfucker's G'd up, you know, like that's gangster right yeah. there, like he was one of the legends from like i said i grew up yeah yeah when punk rock was coming out and you know those were the dudes that they were flag, ripping yeah. up the clubs you know yeah so i seen him i'm like god damn that's motherfucking henry rollins and look at oh five hundred thousand people this is the shit you know so we got our shit ready we're sound checking it in the backstage and then cypress hill comes out and that shit just went bananas. Like, sure, man. There, it had been raining the days before, so yeah. the 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 grounds people had put sheets of plywood all over. I'd say where from the front of the stage to the front of house, mm-hmm. in between there and on both sides of front of house, it was yeah. just I don't know how many sheets of fucking plywood, hundreds of them, you know. Damn. To to block the mud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
and when Cypress came out, it just went fucking. Um, I think the first song was Kill a Man. It was like, do, 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 do. And the crowd just went, and the fucking crowd just went crazy. Motherfuckers started peeling up the the plywood and putting it over their head and throwing like some little 110 pound dude up there. And he's literally crowd surfing on a piece of plywood across the whole crowd. And then they throwing girls up and it just went berserk, you know? And we're like, fuck, look at this shit. Like, you really felt like you were at the first Woodstock because I'd yeah. seen all the videos and shit. I was like, this is fucking sick. That's you know, amazing, like, man. you know, with House of Pain, we've been to festivals with like right. 50,000 people, 80,000 people. And that was like yeah. out of control. But now you're with 500,000 people. And we were the group that kicked off the crowd. You know, like Set the, the whole thing off. Yeah, yeah the, there was like moshing, slamming, mm-hmm. slam pit, everything. You know, nobody did that shit to hip hop music. You know, except when House of Pain and Cypress right. came out. Yeah, they made it like popular in rap. Because yeah. if you started doing that shit to like X Clan or 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 anybody, brand newbie like, or somebody, yeah, 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 brand newbian or Ice T or yeah. you know. Like Onyx, it became right. slam, you know, normal. Yeah. yeah, but we had already been doing that shit in clubs because we come from that world. You know, we come from LA. There was punk rock. That you yeah, their slamming was normal. But there was but a you, New York vibe to those bands too. Not to carry, but the Cypress video was shot in Astor Place. It was shot yeah. in New York, and the, and it's House of Pain looked like hardcore kids. So like, yeah. there was this connection with us, the New York hardcore kids, and those groups because they looked like hardcore kids, tatted yeah. up, shaved heads, and we loved hip hop as well. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. there was and that, that connection. And even that wasn't big in hip hop. Nah, you know, like white and Mexican kids, ball headed and tattoos was not normal. This, you know, nah. it was like. You know, we came out when there was Das Effects. Um, yep. Craig, Craig Mack. Craig Mack. Yeah. Oh, fucking, uh, Who else is being you know, out there? Uh, Naughty Legis by Nature. New School, Naughty by Nature. All those. Th- uh, Black, Black Sheep, Moon, Black Sheep. You yeah. know, like those type of groups. And then we came out. People thought we were all from New York. They thought I, I did too, man. They thought too. Cypress was from New York and too. House of Pain was from Boston because they're yeah. Irish. Oh right. yeah, I always but, thought that. You know, we the the labels were in New York, so we always had to go out there. So New York was like our second home, and we had a lot of homies like yeah. they were like family, like brothers. Like every time we wouldn't go to New York without what they say now checking in, but for us it was calling the homies. Hey, we're coming. Yeah, get your homies, come to the show. We got twenty tickets. Cause we didn't know I nobody. We didn't have family. Yeah. So we're like, hey, caves, bring the Lords of, Lords Brooklyn. of Brooklyn. Toby, you come. Yeah. You know, everybody come through. Isaac. Yeah. Isaac, yeah, yeah. and we're just gonna fucking go buck wild. Sick. I I love that that West Coast East Coast connection back then too. It, yeah. it really connected the hardcore and the hip hop, for sure. And, and it 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 went you know off the chain, but then after that that Woodstock show, I mean. Well, well, the funny thing right, about like, that... You that, did all right, though. Like, well, the, like, okay, here's the good part about okay. it. The managers <laughs> went. Of course, you know, the managers always show up to the cool big shit. Yeah. And they floss and take up half of the guest list. They're all like, right. yeah, sure. uh, you know, I'm going to fly out first class on this one. You guys recoup that <laughs> on your budget. And then... Exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and also we need half of the tickets, you know, for business. 
you know, business people. Yeah, yeah. And we're like, oh, okay, cool. So I would have to finagle all the time to get extra passes and shit like that. But this show, the managers came and they, when the band came off, you know how it is. Like when you're on a festival situation, you get the van to take you back to the hotel or whatever, right. the transportation one time. And it's when you get off stage, when you yeah, get off stage, yeah. get in the van, you get out of there or you're on your own. You find your own way. You meet some broad or you meet some cool <laughs> homies and you, you know, you roll back yeah. to the hotel with them. So the manager got so excited. Oh, fucking great show. You guys killed it. Let's go. Let's go. Takes everybody to the hotel in the, in the van. And I had all the equipment. So I got all the equipment together and I'm stacking it up. You know, the anvil case is about like 10 anvil cases. Yeah. And I was like, fuck man where's everybody at like and i go to the green room nobody's there i go to the dressing room nobody's there i went to where the food is nobody's there i'm like what the fuck man where's everybody at and back then i don't think 94 we might have had the brick phone big ass phones dude yeah. or the black motorola with yeah. the flip <laughs> i don't remember which somehow some way i got in touch with the phone and i called the manager and he was like oh we left dude and I was like, well, cool. I got fucking 10 Anvil cases and no ride. He goes, well, what do you mean no ride? I go, because you guys, every every van is taken by each band in their slot of time. Yeah. You guys took it. So now the next band gets the next one. The next band gets the next one. I'm fucked. Stuck there and shit. Yeah. So luckily, you know, I had some finesse and I, you know, knew how to talk my way in to do some shit. I met somebody who had a van. And they drove me like four hours or whatever the fuck it was fuck. back to the hotel with the equipment. Oh, you know, I just yeah. broke them off some petty cash and they were cool. Yeah. But what's the chances of that? Meeting some random motherfucker with a van backstage that'll be <laughs> yeah. like, oh, yeah. And, uh, you know. You didn't have any you... beef with the manager where you're like, yo, bro, you come in and you screw yeah, the like, whole program. Like, yeah, man. they're like, whatever. You know, that's that's your, you know, welcome wow. to Cypress Hill tour managing. You know, like. <laughs> It was kind of like hazing me, you know? Right, right. Like, that's how I felt. Like, they're mm. just like, let's let's see what he's made of, you know? Yeah. Let's leave him there with all the fucking equipment and see see if he could pull through. If he does this, he's he's, he's in. in. Wow. That's and you did it. Yeah, yeah, I did it. And there was the craziest shit, you know? Yeah. It was like, and then I was on tour with them from 94 to 2005. Fuck. You know, nonstop. And. You know, like I said, I never had to call another band and go on tour with them as like a crew guy, you know? I never had to be like, oh, hey, hey, man, it was cool working with you guys, you know? I'm going to go out on tour with Pearl Jam this next, you know, next yeah. month. When I get home, I got to head out on the road with Pearl Jam to South America or Sepultura to Europe, you know? Like, <laughs> it never went that way for me. Right. I was lucky to stick with my own yeah my own band my own homies and we we're like a family on the road and we never you know I never had to go out That's there cool. I did two times I worked with a a group called Proper Grounds Yeah, my Proper Grounds, yeah. And uh I went on one tour with them. It was a, a Danzig tour. Sick. I don't know if you went to those shows but I remember was, that. This <laughs> show was crazy as a <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> That shit is uh, wild, bro. Yeah. And then uh, the other tour I did was uh, Candlebox. Wow. 
Oh, oh shit. Yeah, I did their first promo tour. Dude. But that was when we had time off and, and my homie was the manager of them and he was like, Hey man, can you can you road manage other bands? I was like, I don't see why not. If as long as I'm home before we go on tour, you know, in the next one. Yeah. And he's like, Yeah, yeah, I want you to do proper grounds. I was like, Fuck yeah, let's go. So I, I went out with them for a couple weeks with Danzig. Damn. And then uh, another time later on i went out with candle box because yeah, that, that was the first proper grounds was the first group that signed a madonna's label yeah maverick, maverick yeah and candle box was the second one yeah we got this for candle box um long short story i met garo seri at the night cypress hill played at cbgb's it was the night before Lollapalooza got rained out i'm sure you were there madonna was there mm-hmm. Isaac, all of us were there we, we met madonna that night i met garo seri somehow we ended up checking out my band and he came to our showcase for my band h2o and then we got we got an email on that following Monday that they chose a harder band that's more accessible for the radio and they chose Kindlebox over my band. <laughs> that's what that's happened. Crazy, I'm Maverick. Yeah, because it's like <laughs> different types of music. Even like yeah, those guys were like uh, like Seattle. Um, yeah, grunge. Yeah, is that what they called it? Yeah, yeah. That was remember that, that show at CBZO? It was yeah, like yeah. You guys, Cypress were, and Booyah Tribe or some yeah. shows the night before. So so when you, when you were out of high school doing construction, what did you want to do? Like when you graduated, did you graduate? You graduated? Barely. Uh, like um, there, I think it's either a 2.0 or a 2.8 is a D plus. Okay. I don't remember a long time ago. Yeah. But um, that's what I graduated with, a D plus. But you made it out though. And I was like, I was struggling to do that. Yeah. You know? So. Did you hate school? I I like the girls, you know, and like smoking <laughs> weed. I like to go somewhere where I social could be with friends. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. And like fuck around, and that's what it was for me. For yeah. me, it was like fucking around all the time because we we would smoke weed going to school. Okay. And we back then in the in the eighties, we had like chronic. You know, that's what it was called. Yeah. Which I love I the know, record. That's all is, I know. What is a weed? <laughs> what's chronic? Like indica. Kush. It's called Kush now, yeah. Yeah, it's called Kush, and there's 50 brands of it. But back then, it was just you had chronic or you had uh, stress weed. Okay. Which had seeds in it and sticks. Yeah. And that shit didn't even get you high. Or you had uh, Thai sticks. Okay. It was like chocolate Thai. It was, I heard it was of like that, yeah. a bunch of little buds on a stick, and it, was, it looked kind of like a lo- big corn dog, but it, was, <laughs> it looked like a, really looked like a shit on a skewer. Okay. <laughs> And you just pick off the butt and, you know. So that was your in. shit back then, yeah. So, but we had chronic every day to, on the way to school. And we'd Damn. just be getting blasted and going to school and just be stuck on stupid. So we would <laughs> always take a easy class the first period. Okay. So we didn't have to do too much. You know, like I, they would tell me to read and I'd be like four pages behind. Oh, shit. They're like, no, we're on page 54. You're on 50. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're, you're right. Sorry, you know were your uh, were your parents strict about grades and stuff when you were in school? Yeah, my mom was pretty strict, but what can you do? Yeah, you know, like you're you're not going to school with the kid, and and the kid's just coming home with some fucking <laughs> report card, and you're like, what the fuck, man? You yeah, know, I, thought, I thought you were doing good. And I go, yeah, yeah. me too. So, so right. <laughs> so you just wanted you you just you were happy and content with just doing construction. Well, that's what all the people did. Yeah. You know, like everybody, like they did construction or like I had um, dishwashing jobs as a, as a youth, um, dishwashing, working on fishing boats. Wow. Okay. Construction, working at supermarkets, 
delivering for liquor stores. Then I started doing deliveries for uh, on on a motorcycle. It was called a motorcycle cure, courier. Yeah, yeah. So I drive all around town and drop off packages, and the more packages I I drop off, the more money I would get. So I was just flying, racing around town. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With a backpack with you know a bunch of packages and uh, like a bike messenger in New York. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But here we had motorcycles, and there was a you know full blown traffic hour. That's when everybody wanted their shit. Like between like three and six. So mm. the reason they had motorcycles and not bikes is because everything's so spread out. Yeah, yeah. So and we could cut the lanes. Yeah. And that's, you know, where I, I got good at riding bikes because, you know, you have 30 minutes to get there and you want to get there in 20 so you could get another package off. You know, you're white lining it the whole time and <laughs> going fast when cars were stopped, you know. How old were you when you, when you had that job? I think I was 18. Oh, shit. Okay. And, uh, You've been working nonstop since you were out of high school, just working and. Well, I, I my first job I got, I was like twelve years old. I used to Fuck. work at a at a hot dog stand. Shit, twelve, that's crazy. And then uh, the guy, you know, like that was a summer job. Yeah. It was one of those things, and then I started working at fishing boats, and shit like that, and got into construction and working at markets and you know delivery shit. But yeah. I was always a hard worker. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I, I learned that from my mom. And I think the way that I grew up made me either I was going to settle for, for the least or I was going to push myself to get more. And I saw the way my mom struggled with paying bills and yeah. how hard it was for us to live. My mom was disabled, so oh, okay, it was hard for us to live off the what the government gave us. Gotcha. And my mom was always stressed out, like, you know, we got these bills, and, you know, it was one of those, you know, eat everything off of your plate, you know, that shit costs a lot of money, I don't give a fuck, you know, you're finishing that, if you don't finish it, put it in the refrigerator, finish it later, not in a mean way, but like, you know, we don't got it. Yeah, it's reality, yeah. you know, I I always thought like, man, I don't want to do this forever, you know? Yeah. So, I would always, you know, sometimes I would you know, get some extra shit at work, you know, when, you know, I go out to the trash. Like, it was my turn to take uh, some fucking, to go do the carts mm. in the parking lot at the supermarket. And I might push a fucking super, uh, cart full of food out there. Damn. You know, and just load, yeah. it in the, load it in the car, you know. But, I was, you know, I had to think of, like, different ways, be creative to have more shit, you know. Cause yeah. I was I didn't really want to struggle all that like that you know yeah to me it wasn't a good feeling like the stress and stuff so I always try to push myself to do more and my mom was like you know you just got to work hard and you know pushing me to work hard and so I always was like go 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 you know yeah get that get that check so when she saw you on the on the road touring with bands was she she still worried about you as a real job yeah yeah and then uh you know, different things were happening, you know, like, uh, I had a girl friend that, uh, she told the cops that I did, uh, home invasion at her house. Oh, fuck, dude. And it was a girl that I broke up with. Yeah. So she was like gonna fuck me over, you know? Damn. So she told her home girl like, yeah, yeah, fucking, you know, say that you saw him with me, you know, shit like that. So, you know, even though I'm on tour, everything's going great. I still have detectives calling my house. 
Holy still shit. having to get a lawyer that, you know, Everlast sponsored me with, you know? Yeah, yeah. He's like, hey, fuck that, homie. I know you didn't do that shit. I got five five Gs right now on the retainer, you know? That's awesome. I got off, DA reject, all that bullshit, but... Wow, just having know, that stress back home when you're out there fucking traveling. Yeah, they're traveling. calling my mom. She's like, yeah. what did you do? And I go, nothing. She's like, why are the fucking cops calling me? I go, I don't know. What are, what are they calling you for? They said you robbed the house. I go, mom, come on, man. Like, that, that ain't me, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I got one of the best jobs I've ever had in my life. Why am yeah. I going to go do this, some dumbass shit like that? Yeah. It all worked out in the end like everything else. And, yeah, but still. You know, yeah. But to her, um, touring around with a rap group that, you know, looks kind of rowdy. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're getting into trouble on the road. I'm getting in trouble when I'm not even home, at yeah. home. You know, like, shit was still going buck wild for, for you know, to her. Yeah. So when did you, you decide to get a camera when you started touring with them? Like when did you start thinking I'm gonna start taking photos? Um, well, in '89, I bought a a '64 Impala. Okay. And I used to roll it around. We call them a hoopty. Yeah. Like it wasn't fixed up or nothing. It had like rust holes in it, and the r- rims were like rusty, and you know. But it just it was an old school car. The interior yeah. was probably ripped a little bit, but that was my dream car because I'd seen my cousin and you know, I'd seen the low riding scene. So I was like, man, I want a fucking 64 and sick. I ended up getting one and I drove around for a couple of years while, you know, I couldn't, um, pay to, to make it a low rider. Yeah. And then I think I started building it around 91 and, um, like when i started working with uh house of pain i started coming into some more money yeah so i was able to go all out and make it a lowrider like you know put the car here engine here interior here chrome here polished parts here you know spread it all out and as i would come home from tour go to the chrome shop take the chrome out go to the upholstery shop take the upholstery out yeah and it took like maybe two years from like 92 to 94 and during that time my dad seen me going from low riding to getting the lowrider club in east la to going worldwide you know touring with house of pain yeah and then cypress hill but during the house of pain shit he was like hey man you know we got this extra camera me and my wife you should you know take it out there with you and and take pictures of all this shit you're That's rocking cool, cool stuff so at first I was kind of embarrassed because, you know, cameras weren't cool back then. You were like a, a, point. a yeah. goofball or corny <laughs> dude or, you know, like. So true. It, it, was, is, it is true. There was nothing cool about having a camera. And that's yeah. part of the reason I missed so many photo shoots is because I was embarrassed to ask somebody, hey, can I take a picture of you? It you is kind of weird back think about it. Yeah, can I get a photo of you, dude? Like back then it sounds yeah. so weird yeah, to like, say like, that. Yeah, like what are you, a groupie? Like, you know, it wasn't digital camera you know it's like definitely a film camera so yeah it's very different you know it yeah. takes a lot of know-how to lighting and everything like that to yeah. put it into person you know it's not as easy as the digital just grab and shoot so yeah and at that time the the most known type of photographers were paparazzis yep mm-hmm. uh, tourists or the super high-end professionals like the guys that would shoot all the music yeah shoot the fashion magazines like those type of dudes and i wasn't none of those so i felt embarrassed like to bring out my camera and ask people to take pictures so 
I had to get comfortable with it shooting just my guys, like the House of Pain guys backstage. Or yep. when we'd go to New York, I'd shoot a couple pictures with the homies there. Yep. Or, I'd, you know, when I'm low right now, I shoot my, my own car club and my own car and my homies. And then as I started going on tour, shooting other bands, playing, you know, um, as I started low riding more, I started shooting like other people in the low rider world, like at car shows. Yeah. And it just started opening up from there. And then I was building confidence doing that. And I'd bring back my pictures and I'd look at them and be like, fuck, that's pretty cool. Like, I, think <laughs> I got some cool shots. And then my homies would come over and be like, hey, let's see those pictures from the from the Woodstock show or whatever. I'd be like, yeah, here. And they'd be like, fuck, this shit looks like time magazine or life yeah. magazine i'd be like oh, nice nice i'll be like oh okay cool so early on i was getting good response yeah and i had a photo lab called focus i think there's um it's right next to american rag on la brea oh yeah i know this and yeah. the and the lady that owned it um my dad used to get his film done there by the by the by the dad okay and so when i went there it was the daughter that ran the shop and she always used to develop my film, and she was like, "Hey, um, how come you never blow up your your film? You only just develop it, but you never make prints." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Nah, you know, I'm not into it like that. I don't really like for what? What am I gonna <laughs> do?" But I don't even know. I was I wasn't thinking, but I like you know. I was collecting records, so I would put my records in my in the milk crates that we'd go to in the alleys and yeah. steal milk crates from behind restaurants and you put your records in there. Yeah. Digging in the crates, yeah. Right, so I did that with my photos because they would come in a big envelope, like almost the size of a record, Yeah, and there would be the contact or proof sheets in there and the, the, the negatives, and you get a sheet that shows all 36 photos. So I had all my photos in a milk crate in the trunk of my car, and each time... I'd get more, I'd just get another milk crate. And so like my off my car was like my office, my trunk. Yeah. So I'd roll everywhere with like two milk crates full of photography. Yeah. So she was like, Hey, how come you never blow that shit up? I was like, I don't know, you know, for what? (laughs) And she's like, Let me let me blow some up and put them in the lobby of the photo lab. And if I sell them, I'll give you all the money. I just want to see what'll happen. Holy shit. So I put them up there. I think it was 11 photos, eight of them sold. Damn. And she was like, I've never had anybody, any one photographer sell that many photos. And the guys that do sell them, because they were like big, big time photographers that yeah. showed there, they would sell them, you know, photos of celebrities. Yeah. So she was like, I never had this many pictures well, of people, real people that were just normal people mm-hmm. sell like that anybody not even celebrities and i was like she goes i think you should take it serious and wow. i was like i go yeah yeah and then i thought about it like when i was driving i'm like fuck the lady that does all the biggest dudes in la you know that and even foreigners yeah. that come from out of town to work in la she's giving she me so much do, props she's doing their film and she thinks that i'm doing something good like maybe i'm onto something like you were documenting something nobody was really documenting before. Exactly. You know, all the stuff that like on us on the East Coast are growing up seeing, watching like the West Coast movies and the Lowriders and American Me and Blood In, Blood Out. You were like living, you were in that world and you were documenting things, but you were also connected to punk rock and skateboarding and hip hop and everything. So that's, 
that's why I think you're one of the most amazing photographers because you cover all the cultures that I grew up loving and and you made them all like equal. They all mesh together. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and the dudes that were doing it before me was like Block yeah. from Venice, uh, Brian Cross, B+, and uh, another homie of mine, Sean Mortensen. He passed away. So there was like a couple of people in L.A. that were shooting those all those same cultures. Glenn Friedman came yeah, Glenn before Friedman. them. Punk rock skateboarding. You know, yeah. like he came before them. He had all the skateboard punk, hip hop shit, but he didn't have like the gangster and lowrider shit. So exactly. West Coast. I was like, you know, kind of making my own lane. But the way I grew up is we we were all about originality. Yeah. And and being uh, in your own lane, like if you came out singing, rapping, dressing, anything like anybody else, you were called a biter. And you're that was weak. Now or swagger jacker, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, swagger jacker. Like <laughs> now it's cool if everybody has the same shit. Like yeah, if, oh, you're not cool unless you wear skinny jeans. You're not cool unless you wear. It. So now it's like okay, yeah. if I don't have skinny jeans, then I'm not cool. <laughs> but it's like everybody had their own shit going on. Yeah, everybody had their own look. True. Yeah. We yeah. all try to rock Cortezes on the East Coast because we. Saw everybody out here doing that and all the, all the all the movies and videos. And then when I moved out here, I, I still rock Cortez at my head shaved. I'll never forget that I was coming out of Trader Joe's on my bicycle and some dude pulled up next to me in the car. He's like, just like in the movies, I just moved here in Detroit Street in the Bray. He's like, where are you from, Holmes? And I was like, yo, I'm from New York. He's like, ah, and he drove away. I was like, holy shit, this is like, this is some real shit out here. It's yeah. like not menaces i mean like menace society all these movies we watch it's like coming yeah, those, out experiencing those three that. words could change your life i know right there like, i guess i was lucky i was from new york too that was the best thing you could have said because yeah. if you would have been like oh i live right here you know i live on detroit yeah in the you know like just like not knowing they'd be like, oh you're from around here fool and then they'd say their neighborhood and then you'd be like but I'd well, seen it in the like, excuse me? I've seen it in the movies though, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? And then excuse me, sir, I, I, I never I, and I never got fucked with by the cops in New York ever. And twice when I first moved, I had no license because I was from New York. Twice on my bicycle, pulled over by the cops. Where are you from, Holmes? What set you from Holmes? Put me up against the wall, checking my pulse. Uh, on Santa Monica Blue, me and my wife wow. twice. Yeah. And I was like, yo, I'm from New York. I show my ID. I said, I'm gonna ban. I'm like, I'm not. But because I had a shaved head and the way I looked, it's yeah. that never happened to me in New York, dude. Yeah, you know? the 90s was off the chain. Yeah. In LA, they used to do that shit to me all the time. Pull me over, pull me out of the car, make me take my shirt off. And they get out index cards and right. they write down your name, your tattoo, license, sure. your license plate, and every single tattoo you had. Right. And like one time, I, I was in Culver City and they had me with my fucking shirt off. Damn. And, and, my, and they're like, let me see your legs. Do you have tattoos on your legs? And I'm like, yeah, of course. And they go, lift up your legs like i so i'm lifting up my my pant legs and they go higher i go well, i got fucking tattoos all over my legs you know and they're like well we want we need to document that and so i was like well fuck it then and i pulled my i had you know boxers on i undid my pants and just let my pants fall and i raised my hands up i go there you go that's what you want to see damn you know i go you don't reach behind the little door right there though <laughs> you know and my homie's mom and dad drove by and they're like hi mijo what happened we saw the police you, they had you with your pants down and you're they're like writing your tattoos down i was like yeah it's okay you know they're fucking idiots but you know that was the early 90s 
you know, we were all getting Rodney King way yeah. before that shit ever came out. I never know. seen it before in my life because it, was, it wasn't like yeah. that in New York. You know what I mean? Yeah, I always seen the movies. We we all took a couple beatings in in the nineties. You know, by the cops, it was like it was normal. Yeah, it, it was crazy, and like we didn't give a fuck. Like we we're like, oh, hey, this fool, he, he's gonna fucking let me have it. Yeah. Like they'd they'd be searching you up your leg and they just fucking they're like yeah we gotta search you you see you have any weapons in you know in your socks or drugs in your socks or anything and they'd be patting your leg down and then they just fucking rip their hand right up and like hit you in the balls and shit like, oh you know you got your hands up on the wall yeah and like hey what the fuck man you go you want to go to the county jail nope. <laughs> they're like shut the fuck up you know yeah we're, we're, let us do what we gotta do and then we'll let you go but you, but you you were documenting some grimy spots and made you made you just you just brought real people out like these are humans these aren't just people you're judging because they're tattoos but you made some grimy spots so beautiful and a lot of your photos just have so much life and I mean you know what I'm saying like what, what you capture it is is something that nobody else ever done I think you know yeah there there's other people that have shot the same genres that I shot before me and there and there will be way after me yeah. But like I said, I just try to do it my own way. Yeah. In my own style. That's how we grew up back in the day, you know? Yeah. You don't bite nobody's shit. And now it's like my pictures are like the skinny jeans, you know? If you're <laughs> doing <laughs> pictures like me, then you're reference. you're out of you're out of the loop. Yeah. When did you feel like you had a pa- like a love and a passion? Like, oh shit, I'm really doing this, like I have a skill. And and like they okay the lady sold some photos for you like oh I would shit say after that yeah like holy shit I want to do this like yeah like right after she told me that I felt like I was onto something and then because I was tour managing I learned well because I was a tour manager I would get everything I would get all the press because I had to set up press I would get all the budgets for photo shoots dates times yeah contacts you know uh whatever the fuck contact she's like everything the day of show who's yeah, gonna right. come yeah, what the time. Or the, yeah yeah like i forget what the fuck it's set called, times or a day sheets or yeah, just everything yeah yeah, yeah yeah but of like the photo shoots and the video shoots okay so i'm seeing everything like what time this guy gets here that guy all the what their the names budgets, are everything the budgets everything so i'm learning all those words like usage fees and this that and other so people are hitting me up going hey like i would notice photographers because i was the guy that set up the press and the label would send me a fax and they'd be like, hey, tomorrow you have uh, four interviews. So get the guys to do an hour of press. So yeah. I'd have to set up each press person with 15 minutes. Okay. So four people in an hour, 15 minutes each, and it's a photographer and an interviewer. So you figure if the person writing a story for like an eight or 10 page thing takes up the 10 minutes. Yeah. Then the photographer gets five. And I would see these dudes struggling trying to get good shots that would go with a 10-page story of a band that's multi-platinum that's the biggest fucking thing on MTV or on the radio. And they're supposed to get these incredible shots to fill up, you know, the 10 pages. And they were struggling. Mm. So I would tell the magazine, like, hey, man, like, I didn't even know what the fuck I was doing, but I was like, <laughs> hey, if you need any pictures of them, like, on stage or backstage, you know, I I, I take pictures of the band, and they would look at me like, what the fuck are you out of your mind? Like, this is a real photographer here. 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, yeah. and at that time I would take my photos to the one hour photo. So I had these little uh, photo albums. Yeah. And I and I would show them. And um, the lady that, you know, from the photo lab, yeah. she would make me these real little nice five by seven um, black and white prints. So when I show my photo album, everybody's used to seeing the glossy. Yeah. Uh, color pictures where like the pictures like this and the fucking out of focus or you know <laughs> this that and the other some artsy shit and yeah. I'm showing them perfectly done fucking professional black and white prints you know like ready, awesome. ready for an art show yeah and, and I would show the magazine they're like you did these I go yeah and they're like so are you a photographer I go no I'm the tour manager <laughs> Like I'm the guy that gets them a sandwich or a coffee or a hot tea for their throat or do everything. Yeah, I fucking break yeah, down the turntables or you know I go to the hotel and get their fucking shirt that they forgot or whatever the fuck. That's me. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, let us put you in touch with the editor because we think you got some good shots and we could pay you to. And I was like, how much? And they're like, you know, like usually we pay like five hundred bucks. And in my head, I'm like, fuck, the film costs 25 bucks. I'm going to make $475 profit off of 25 bucks. Here you go. Yeah. Like, I was ready to give them the fucking film, the negatives, everything. And yeah. be like, having, sorry, that's the doggy. It's all good. Um, you know, <laughs> have a nice day. Yeah. You know, luckily I wasn't, you know, they were, they were cool and they were like, oh, no, no, no. We just, we'll pick up a, a photo and you make a print and send us the print. Yeah. And you keep everything. And I was like, cool. And so so what's the deal? And they're like, well, it's $500 usage fee. We can use the, the photo for three months. You can't use it in any other magazine that's competitive to ours. Yeah. But if you want to sell it to a European or Asian market, you know, that's cool. Just as long as it's not in the States. That's sick. And in our genre, and I was like, okay, you know, like you can't sell, like if you're shooting for the X double XL, you can't sell it to the source within exactly. three months. So I'm learning all that verbiage and like, you know, all that, all the, you know, terms that they use. And I just started hitting up the next magazine that come in like, hey, you know, now I had a little game. Yeah. And then I'd be like, then I started getting like, I started thinking like, okay, this is a cool little hustle. You know, if I can make 500, 200, you know two g's a month extra just shooting a couple pictures to a couple magazines like i'm cool sick yeah on top of what i'm making because i had a little a couple other hustles that i was doing on the road and um i was fucking i was doing all right i had extra money for my lowrider i started collecting (laughs) records you know me dj lethal mugs we'd go alchemist we go out record shopping at these fucking records. I'm buying up all these old soul and old hip hop and yeah. old classic rock vinyls. And, you know, I was like, this is great. Yeah. You know, so um, then uh, I, I started doing like magazine shit when I'd come home from touring. The guys would be like, hey, we're going to take a month off. You know, we're fucking tired. We've been touring for six months. Yeah. Cool. I'm calling magazines like, hey, my name's Esteban Ori. I'm the tour manager of Cypress Hill. I got all these photos, these photos, and they're like, well, do you have any of, you know, who were you going to tour with? I'd be like, oh, like uh, Sonic Hole, Sonic Youth yes. and Hole <laughs> and uh, Busta Rhymes on this tour. I was on Fuck. Tribe Called Quest with this one, the Fugees on that one. Okay, we'd love to see uh, Sonic Youth and the Fugees. You got that? I go, I got that. Damn. And then I'm like, now I got the hustle. Like, I'm like, 
branching I'm shooting out. every fucking band that I go on tour with, and I'm calling every kind of magazine, tattoo magazines. You know, Constantly. they want fucking rock stars with tattoos. I got those. And you yeah. always love to work with black and white. Yeah. Okay. That was my shit. Right, right. Because that's all I knew, and that's what that lab specialized in. And was your father a photographer? Because you yeah. mentioned that he would take his photos to the shop. Yeah, yeah. He did it, too. But okay. not, not at the steady level that I was doing it on. He did it more as like... Um, like a here and there type of uh, type of work, mm. you know, because it, it's it's hard to get photography jobs. Absolutely, that yeah. paid. And my dad was like, you know, I'm I'm going for the I'm swinging for the fences. Fuck a base hit, you know. Yeah. So he's <laughs> trying to get these big big budget jobs, okay. and he would get one. And when you do those kind of work, you get you know that's a couple months. Yeah. You and don't got like to do photography like profiles or people or he liked doing more uh documenting okay. and portraits nice which is what i became right you know good at doing yeah and then the more photos i would show him he would show me shit and i'd be like fuck man you fucking badass like, shit skills yeah yeah i bet when i told him i was gonna low ride in this low rider club in east la he's all yeah i heard of them i go oh yeah yeah they're fucking like really good car club and they're the shit, you know. He goes, I think I got pictures of them, and I go, yeah. He goes, yeah. He goes, let me look, and he looks. Sure enough, he has pictures of the president, the vice president, wow, dude. you know, legendary cars. And I was like, hey, Dad, can I can I take these to get some prints made and and you know show the guys? He's like, yeah, yeah, go for it. I show them. They go, hey, where'd you get these pictures? That was from 1982 at this fucking show. I remember that day and. Damn. We, we came in bumping, you know, how many more times by Led Zeppelin, you know, going <laughs> five more miles. You know, we were just, you know, spanking that ass because <laughs> they would come in and line up with like 10 cars and be like, you know, how many more times do we got to do this to fuck you guys up? You know, the, yeah. other, the other cars, you know. <laughs> and I was like, damn, and I'm tripping out listening to these stories. And those are getting sparked off of these photos, you know. So I, I started like seeing the power of a photo of how much emotions and memories and different things that it would bring out in people. Yeah. And people would be, you know, there's so much that comes out of a photo when you show different photos of different people. 100%. They're just like, fuck, man. Like, they they could tell me the whole day that happened from that one photo of their car. They're like, I remember that day. We came in fucked up. We stayed up all night, you know, detailing the cars. We didn't even sleep. We came in at 8 in the morning, you know, all fucking sweaty and shit <laughs> to, to set up the cars. And we had a fucking beer in our lap. And we're rolling in, listening to how many more times. And loud as fuck. And everybody, as soon as we came in, yeah, all the all the necks turned around to us and watched us cruise in, like, one by one by one, just spanking that ass. And I'm like, fuck, that's crazy. And I'm trying <laughs> to powerful. visualize this whole story. And with this one photo is what sparked that in, off in their head. Yeah, picture, picture's worth a thousand words, they say, yeah. Like yeah, that. so that shit, like, all those little things, like, helped me, you know, taking it back to the getting doing the hustle from when I was yeah. working with my, you know, working, living with my mom, you know. Yeah. She was always like, you know, just work hard, work hard, work hard. So I was taking all those things and, you know, applying them to my to my life and yeah. my work, you know? Yeah. But 
that shit took off and then i started doing like filming with a yeah with a super eight camera eight millimeter and then doing videos too yeah which like one of my favorite songs i didn't realize it to the day was hold me down with prodigy yep. alchemist you did that video it's fucking it's yeah. one of my favorite all-time favorite songs yeah i love that shit who, who was your first video you did like uh be real in them okay yeah that was mr green thumb uh, the first video I did with Cypress was Dr. Green Dr. Thumb. Dr. Green Thumb, I'm sorry, yeah. And then uh, No Entiendes La Onda, which is Kill a Man in Spanish. Yeah. And I did, uh, you know, a couple of videos for Mugs, Cool G Rap, and Jizza. And I did Sendog's uh, SX10. And, you know, I just yeah. started doing, I did like seven videos in the Cypress camp. Okay. And from there, I was like, okay, I got this. I felt confident enough to go out and talk to record label people and try to get another band to do yeah, a video yeah. for and the first one was um <laughs> at that time we were managed by um by paul rosenberg yeah cyprus i'm an manager yeah so i got a meeting with dennis at interscope and they gave me the first d12 video that's right which is i'll shit on you shit on you yeah i got that answer <laughs> Exhibit Snoop, all that. Exhibit Criminal Set. Uh, we did some a couple of things with Snoop and Everlast. Paul Wall, Everlast. Fuck, know. man. So you really loving the videos at that time? Still taking photos, but still loving the. Yeah, I ended up doing probably you know, forty, fifty videos yeah. at that time. And then transplants. One eighty two transplants. Yeah. yeah, fucking down. That's that was a big one too. Down and violence, and then uh, the transplants. What I what I what I can't describe. Um, gangsters and, and thugs. Gangsters and thugs. Yeah, fuck, man. So many, man. Yeah, I ended up doing, you know, pretty, pretty good amount of videos, and yeah. I had people like, at that time, hype Williams was like the biggest. He was director in the in the hip hop game, and I had him, his his people telling me, "Hey, man, hype really likes your shit." Wow. You know, Watch your videos. So I was like, "Damn, okay, it's I'm fucking on the, awesome. I'm on the right track," you know. Yeah. I wasn't doing, mine were a little more grimy and street than his. His were like colorful and yeah. really crispy oh, yeah. and shiny. And, you know, you could see the million dollar budget, you yeah. know, where it went. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's like the Mace videos and stuff like that. He did yeah, like, like yeah, Puffy. Missy Elliott, Puffy. Like he did shiny suits. Everybody, you know. Doing movies too, right? He did that one with Nod. Oh, he did Belly? Belly, I think. I don't know if he I'm did that. Sure. High Williams did Belly. I'm not sure. Remember that yeah, shit? Yeah, yeah. I no, yeah. that was with. Uh, with Nas and yeah. um, DMX. DMX is in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You also Rise Against too. Yeah, I did another that. big band. Yeah, but, but you know what's funny is like <laughs> when the label told me, "Hey, you're gonna do a Rise Against video." You know, they're like hardcore. The video I saw was them flipping out on in a train. Okay, yeah. They're like going buck wild in a in a subway. This song's more mellow than the one you did, right? Yeah, I did the love song. <laughs> yeah, you did. So I was <laughs> like, man, like, <laughs> I just get saw the that fucking like love song one out of everybody, you know. <laughs> I was looking to do the hardcore shit. Yeah. You know, I wanted slamming and fucking, you know, I wanted that raw shit. Alchemist was a big video, man. Hold You Down was a big song, man. Yep. It was Prodigy and uh, Nina Sky. Yeah. Did you take one of the first, did you take that Kim Kardashian photo that was the first famous Stars and Straps yep. poster? Yeah. Her bikini? Wow, yeah. dude. That's just like, that's a piece of, I remember seeing that at, at Travis's office. Like, that's like hard to find. That's mm -hmm. like, wow, dude, that's fucking sick. Yeah. Way before did, everything. Yeah, that was right after right after Ray J and I think she was single at that time. Yeah. 
So and, and when you started making money on photos, that's when you is that when you kind of realized like this could be a career for me being a photographer? Yeah, around 2005, they didn't want to tour no more Cypress. So I was like, well, I definitely don't want to work with no other band, you know, after seeing people. Yeah. You know, you see like us working for that many years and being on tour and being on the same tour bus, you know, yeah. sometimes yeah. seven guys, sometimes 13 guys. And you have all the, you know, fucking cigarettes, weed, drinking, farting, you know, <laughs> all these fucking smells on the bus. Bunch, bunch of kids, yeah. Yeah, and we're all going buck wild, and there was a, a, a broad or two coming through. So, you know, those buses were live, you know? Yeah. But to do that with a new band every other month yeah. was a little, like, a little bit far-fetched for me to mm -hmm. think, like, I don't want to fucking sleep in a bunk and have and be living with eight other dudes with their fucking athletes feet in their socks or <laughs> you know there's always some shit it's you're just like god there. damn you know this yeah. motherfucker funky you know yeah like, like a ship on, of sailors yeah yeah you're in this fucking bo like bus <laughs> and the little the the everybody that ever would come on our bus and see the bunks they're like these are like coffins how do you sleep in there and i was like yeah fuck they are like coffins they huh are. but i didn't even never notice to me that was home Totally, like, me too, man. To me, like you Great can put sleep. me. I love sleeping in those shits, man. You can put me anywhere, and yeah, I could, and it, and I felt comfortable because I never was anywhere long enough to be comfortable. Yeah, I was in a hot, a brand new hotel every day, a new bus. Every, you know, every month I was on a different bus, and that was our life. You know. Yeah. And and to me, it was nothing. It was like that was just part of the show. Road dog, yeah. Yep. What was one of the first pictures that you sold for a lot of money? I don't know how much it cost, but like the first picture you really sold and like, holy shit, like, put you kind of in a different realm of photographers. You know what I mean? I would say the videos, I, I would say the um, the pictures that the, that the lady sold because okay. I had never sold anything and she had sold them all for 250 bucks each. Okay. It's 250 bucks times eight, you know? Yeah. It was for me that was a good day. Yeah, it's a great day. So I was like, "Fuck, this is pretty cool," and and it wasn't limited edition or nothing like that. Which I, you know, now there's a whole big thing that I'm into, like limited edition. You can get like, there's eight of this size print. There's you know five of this size, and there's three of the bigger size. You know, and if yeah. it sells out, it's over. You know, you'll never, you'll never get that size again because I already sold eight of eight of those or five of five of mm -hmm. those and three of three of those now yeah mm -hmm. that picture is retired and that's how that game works the fine art world yeah. and then you move to another picture you know so yeah it's like you know all strategy and uh you got to know what you're doing and it's a, it's a whole different kind of hustle yeah doing the fine art thing but when I sold those pictures for you know two fifty and none of them were limited edition, that was a pretty good, a pretty good lick for Hell me. Hell yeah! But um, that set me off to where I started doing art shows and yeah. I started learning you know more about the photography gallery. Yeah, and I saw like you had business. stuff in the Smithsonian Center, like Latino initiatives. You had something there, the MPSA Contemporary Art Center, Peterson Automotive Museum. Museum with contemporary art, all your stuff's been all these places, man. It's amazing. Yeah, we've I've been in uh, I think fifteen museums. Wow. To date, had maybe I've been parts of like maybe fifty art shows, you know, around the world. Our very first art show was me and Cartoon in uh, aside from that photo lab one. Yeah. 
our first gallery show was in Japan, in Tokyo. Oh, shit. In, um, you know where Kitty Land is? Yeah, yeah. In Harajuku? Yeah. Across the street from there. Okay. There was a gallery, and we had a little show there, and it was packed. You know, every awesome. small place in Japan, it went hard. But we had that shit packed. The second one we did was at uh, George's Art Gallery, which was owned by the Beastie Boys on Sick. Hillhurst. I don't know if you ever remember that. I've been that. there before, yeah. It was right next to EK. Okay. That 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 cool novelty, you know, Chicano um, store up there uh, off of Hillhurst. And that was the second one you had? East yeah. Hollywood, yeah. And that night, me and Cartoon took our lowriders, and the valet Parker had been like, hey, get this car out of here, get this car out of here. And he and he was like, yeah, yeah, okay. He goes, nah, come on, move it, move it. And he like hit the car. But he was like, you know, hey, yeah, move the car. But you don't do that to a lowrider, you know, because right. you might fucking dent it with your mm. knuckle, knuckle, or you just don't put your dick beaters on somebody's <laughs> ride. That's just uh, a, a rule, you know. Yeah. Don't fuck with another man's lolo. Yeah. <laughs> and this dude like slapped his hand against the car, and before you know it, he was sleeping. Oh shit! And we brought the cars around to the front, and that guy when he woke up had called the cops and told the cops that the guy with the orange car uh, had a gun. Oh, shit. So we had the orange car and another car in the in the, in the the front of the art show. So we're all in there. Everybody's drinking wine and eating cheese, and it's like, you know, <laughs> cool art show. Yeah. And fucking here comes the cops. Ready, you know, like three, four car, cop cars, Damn. everybody with their shotguns out. And they're like, hey, the cops are here, the cops are here. And we're like, so? Right. Yeah, fuck them, we're having an art show, you know? Like, we yeah. didn't think that this that ca- yeah. came to this, you know? Mm-hmm. We're like, that has nothing to do with us. They're probably going next door, fucking some some shit happened. Yeah. They come right up to the door, and I they're like, hey, the cops are here. So I walk up to the door and kind of block them off. And I was like, hey, I go, what's up, man? What are you guys doing? He goes, oh, you know, we, we got a call. And I was like, well, we're just doing an art show. And they go, no, we got a call that somebody had a gun. We're like, I don't know what you're talking about. And my dad was there. So I go, hey, dad, talk to these guys, you know. <laughs> Get them out of here. <clears throat> so my dad <laughs> takes them outside so they're not dis- disrupting the yeah. the fucking event that we're having, our first art show in our homeland. Yeah. And he goes, hey, man, they want cartoon. And I go, why? He goes, they they said somebody had a gun on somebody, pointed a gun on somebody in the alley, and they want him. And they had, these dudes are stacked up outside with shotguns pointed at the door of the fucking art gallery. Yeah. And people are coming up to me going, this is great. This is fucking uh, amazing. How did you guys set this up? It's like live performance or whatever. They thought it was was performance (laughs) art. Like it was part of the show. They're like, Nobody would have thought of this. We only you motherfuckers would have came up with this shit. Oh my god! I was like, what dude. are you talking about? And they're like, this isn't part of the art show. And like, no, nah, this is real. <laughs> it's going down right now. And they're like, no way, for real. I go, yeah. I go, hey tunes. The the cops want you out there, you know. And he goes, ah oh, fuck. And I go, what are they tripping on? And he goes. The fucking fool went to sleep. You know, he hit my car and went to sleep. I guess he woke up and didn't like it. He mm. called the cops. So cartoon comes out and they like, 
you know, get your hands up, get against the wall. And we're like, well, what, what the fuck? You know, and they're like, you know, we got a call. There's a gun. I'm like, there ain't no guns, man. We're fucking artists. We're doing an art show. We're tripping. So they searched the car, searched us, and they let us go. And they're like, told us, hey, have a good day. You know, something happened to the guy back there. We don't know what. He said gun. I was like, well, we didn't have no gun. We don't know what the fuck happened to anybody. We don't know what anybody's talking about. Thank you, you know, for mm-hmm. coming. See you later. And that was our, our first art show in L.A. <laughs> That's crazy. We hired experience. these cop actors to come and fucking yeah. make it more street. That's, That's what they fucking thought. crazy, man. Fuck! How did, how did technology have play a role in your photography? I mean, did it change anything? Because I know you started early in the game taking photos. Did with the technology changing so fast, did it have an effect on your your work? Yeah, it, it cheapened the whole craft. Okay, mm, shit. and it uh, took a lot of jobs away from people that had been doing it and that were professional for many many years because now anybody could they they thought that they could anybody could take a picture mm-hmm. because when you shoot film you don't know what's coming out of it for three more days you know because you had to get yeah. it developed but when you're shooting digital and like you hire me to sh- to shoot a job for you you can see what the photos look like right away yeah, yeah. so instant. you i could shoot a photo and you'd be like let me see looks great keep going and like people were just you know taking jobs they're like uh like hacks you know mm-hmm. like what do they call those guys that would jump the line at the market scabs 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 the digital photographers are like scabs to the to the real film professionals right yeah they you know cross the picket line and fucking take your job for half the price and wouldn't give a fuck about you so that's kind of what happened with digital and analog mm-hmm. and uh 2008 came the economy crash yep all the record labels you know were shutting down all the budgets got froze nobody knew what the fuck was going on um the all the magazines were shutting down like like left and right um i remember then doc too you guys are moving spaces and remember in the doc you're talking about everything kind of went down you guys are moving from a smaller spot or spots to spots back then, right? Yeah, we were moving around. We had Joker Brand, and we yeah. moved from we moved within the time of Joker Brand and our clothing company and doing the photos and the tattoos. We moved to three different spots in in like downtown East LA Skid Row area. Yeah, and um, you know it was all because of like money you know like one place one place the first place we got kicked out of for partying they weren't (laughs) used to that and the second place we got kicked out of because we got um investors and joker and they're like we're gonna move the whole operation to our warehouse so i remember i used to go there yeah there went our little spot Mm -hmm. you know they're like well we're not gonna pay for this and we're like well fuck you know we got to give it up then so we had to you know tighten our belts and and move everything to them then we got it back and moved to downtown where everybody used to come the yeah. studio as a six spot and we had that for like 13 years and then that yeah. closed down probably in, i think in 2013 maybe that's a big spot too man really big we had three warehouses and uh cool. yeah it was like a little museum we had all our cars there yeah all our memorabilia from 
everything in the past 20 years, you know? Yeah, I mean, I remember seeing you, because I was touring, obviously lost touch throughout these years, but when you when you were going up, it was like in hip-hop, it was like, get tattooed by Cartoon, get get jewelry by Jake the Jeweler, get a photo from Esteban. Like, you, you became so emerged in the hip-hop it was it was amazing to see that you know with the cars and hip-hop and everything you know what i mean like everybody wanted a photo from you yeah we we try to make our spot like a spider web you know like right. a one-stop shop like you can come and get a your lowrider built you yeah. can come get a tattoo you can get a photo shoot you can get a video you can get a logo uh you can get a painting for your new pad it was, it was everything there, like, yeah. yeah oh and, and you could get a box of clothes and, and you never thought about taking that on the road you know like going to different spots in the u.s and setting up and staying there for a little while like a pop-up yeah we we did do like a tattoo tour in japan okay and me and cartoon went to 13 cities that's five it. days in each city and we were there for like two months wow in places where no <laughs> americans have ever even been yeah, and tattooing's a little weird out there, right? With the Yakuza too, depending where you go. You know, yeah, we, showing tats we are and shit. cool because we're uh, in the lowrider community. Okay. That's huge so in Japan too, man. We would set up in yeah. lowrider shops or That's like sick. clothing stores that carry like hip hop or you know lowrider shit. Yeah. So we would set up in an extra room that they had, and and we did it just like a record. You know, I took everything that I knew from the music industry, and we made flyers and posters, and we had, did like you know staple up shit on the telephone awesome. poles and DIY. Yeah, we did it all like like if we were pushing an album. <laughs> yeah, and went there and had the time of our lives and fucking tattooed. I don't know how many people and. It was it was amazing, but we're we're gonna do this other tour. I don't know. You probably met the guy. It was remember it was like bands and tattoos. Tattoo the earth. Tattoo, Tattoo the earth. earth. That's what we did. Yeah. A simple tour. Talking the mic, please. And uh, and Slayer. <laughs> it's right here, man. I can get loud. Yeah. <laughs> I give the smallest <laughs> mic stand ever. Go ahead. Um, like, Tattoo we, the earth. Yeah. We helped that guy set all that Slayer shit up, but we didn't want. Cartoon didn't want to be like. Because he had been on tour with us, right, and it's like schlepping around and waking mm. up and driving, and it's brutal, man. Yeah, it's brutal. But the bands only had to perform one hour a day, right? But he didn't want to be tattooing fucking ten hours a day yeah, from dude. the time the place opened to the time that it closed, and yeah, you know, tattooing and all the drunk motherfuckers coming up going, "Hey, Some man, can you put a little heart on my ass?" not a proper location to tattoo yeah they didn't like, really think it out thoroughly yeah you know and each state had different laws about tattooing right. yeah and i remember there was philip blue there was paul booth yeah you know different tattoo artists and i yep. was like this is a great idea but they didn't really think it through properly yeah you know because there were a lot of problems that you were talking about yeah. that happened drunk ass people coming through without appointments no schedule set up for yeah. who's gonna tattoo when and where and yeah it was a mess it was a great idea though it was a great idea <laughs> <laughs> it definitely was they tried to do it in europe as well yeah but when cartoon would come on tour with us he like i was the only guy with a camera on back backstage right for a lot of years and Cartoon was the only guy tattooing backstage for a yeah. lot of years. Like I would be like, "Hey, Tunes, you want to roll on on tour with us?" B said, "You know, that we got you." So you know, I'd always get my own room, and you know, they have two beds. So I go, you know, you kick it with me in my room, and then 
we just roll on the bus, you know, like on the days when, when we're traveling, yeah. you just, you know, hop in a bunk. So he would bring his shit and we'd set up backstage and it was like, like tattoo the earth, yep. but it was backstage. So it was more exclusive. Tattoo your he, friends. Yeah. He would set up, <laughs> he would set up in the dressing room and then people would come from every bus, you know, like either people's crews or the bands themselves Damn, and get tattooed all day. Yeah. And we'd have fucking people coming by and fucking playing their new album, like, you know, 50 or, or M or whatever. Sick. Like, Hey, you know, I got a new joint. You guys want to hear it? Fuck yeah. Let's hear that shit. <laughs> cartoon be tattooing, you know, like bizarre or something. And, this dude's playing a new song that it's nobody's awesome. heard and wow. we're on tour in fucking Europe and there's just off the it's chain. It's amazing, man. You know, we're You're documenting all of this. Yeah. yeah at man. that time we're we're all under the same roof. It was like the anger management tour and yeah. like okay. yeah. Eminem and and Cypress were managed by Paul Rosenberg and then G Unit Records was uh on Shady. Yep. And Exhibit was managed by Paul. So it's fucking it was crazy. like Exhibit, Cypress, Obi Trice, 50, G Unit, M. Probably Proof out there D12. too, right? Proof. Proof was probably out there back D12. then. Yeah, yeah, D12. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they'd come out and do some songs. So we had like Damn. 30, 40 dudes out there. And there was always, you know, per diems were just flowing. Whether it was for tattooed, yeah. tattoos or weed, you know? They are like. It's fucking crazy. Man. We had a cracking. Did you? Uh, well, you were there with Fifty Cent got his back tattooed too, huh? Yep, that was Fuck, downtown. Man, that shit's massive, man. Yeah. So you, you had you had all these historical moments of these amazing tattoos that he did, like a Method Man. Just everybody was coming through there. Yeah. It's fucking those photos are you capture all. You got to be the part of those moments. You know what I mean? Yep. It's it was pretty fucking history. Yeah, and then when you took that that girl's hand, like the famous L.A. hand. Yeah. Who was that girl? That was uh, my wife. That was in oh, uh, shit, 94, that. yeah. Wow. That's like one of the most iconic photos probably, uh, I, I, like I saw in the LA Originals, yeah. been trying to be bootlegged and copied so many freaking times. But yeah. when did that thing blow up when you first, what, what, what did it first appear in? Um, was it one of your books? No, no, it was in uh, magazines. Yeah. Because what, what would happen is um, when I started getting, like people started... I would show my pictures of the bands to um, magazine people. Yeah. And they were like, you know, they were like tripped out on my photos. So they would use them, whatever photos that would go with the story, they'd be like, oh, you have pictures of Cypress? Cool. We need some pictures of that or pictures of, you know, Exhibit or whoever. And, and, hey, can we do like a little interview on you and your photography, like a gallery Mm. in the, in the magazine? I'd be like, yeah, for sure. So they would say, send us some pictures. And I would send him to, you know, like send us 10 pictures. So I'd send the 10 pictures. And then I started noticing like all my pictures that I was sending them yeah. were like wide shots of like the whole person okay, with the background, that type of shit. So I was like, I need to break it up. Send like some detail shots, like send a guy with a car, a picture of the rim, a picture of the steering wheel a picture of the dude's shoes, you know, different shit yeah. like that. So it wasn't all like way back here. It's interesting. Yeah. One shot, you know, I was, it looked too, too similar, even though they were completely different yeah. um, locations and everything. It was like 
too much of the same shit. So I started sending like detail shots and that was one of the pictures I, I would send, you know, after it kicked off for a little bit. So people would always use that photo as at the beginning of the interview. Okay. Like it'd be like that f- photo first, then my name and the interview would start or that photo like on a two page thing and you know. Yeah. And then even a couple covers that they're like, would it be cool if we use it for the cover? I'd be like, hell yeah. Because if back in the day, if you got a cover in the magazine, you were the shit. Yeah. If you were awesome. inside the magazine, you were the shit. Yeah. If you got the cover, you were really doing it. Yeah. So they're like, you want to do a, be a cover shot? Like, Fuck yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> so after seeing the, those responses, I was like, man, I just need to push this shit out there. And I started doing t-shirts and shit like yeah, that. Yeah. And then it was over. It was like. It just blew up, right? Yeah. Everybody's trying to do an LA Fingers hands of yeah, everything. And the, and the LA Originals, you see that it shows like. A whole bunch of people are trying to copy it. Yeah, they have like bones. Copyright it? You can't copyright or what? You can't trademark a photo, but you can copyright photos, but then you're copywriting that photo. Weird. Got it. So yeah. if I copyright that photo and then somebody drew it as like bones. It's okay. Yeah, like yeah. I can't do shit. Right. But... Oh, yeah, I've seen Bones ones, yeah. I'm the jerk-off that fucking promoted <laughs> that photo and that that image all around the world for 25 years. Damn. And so yeah. then they come in and get the check, you know, 25 years later, like, hey, what if I just draw this like this? I've seen know, so like, many attempts, yeah. man. Sad and, attempts. And they're getting huge checks. Yeah, they are. I'm it's, like, fuck, it's... man. Like, yeah, and, and they'll be like, Oh, it was inspired by Esteban Oria. Like, oh, okay, cool. You know, like, inspire me with a, you know, exactly. with a, little, <laughs> a little something on that check. Was you know? that in the L.A. Woman book, too? Was that in the L.A. Woman book? Uh, no, it was on the L.A. Portraits. It was okay, a cover. Yeah. Lifestyle one, right? Cover show. Yeah, because yeah. I keep just branding it. Yeah. Then I learned the whole branding game, and I'm like, man, I just need to brand this shit and let motherfuckers know that this shit is me. Yeah. I think absolutely. people know by now, for sure, man. But They like, still don't. It's weird, man. Like, Damn. Like I get like I get tagged on shit. Like today, a guy tagged me on a picture of a guy that had the the hands as bones. When my another homie of mine, OG Abel, he drew it as bones first. So like, there's another clothing company just starting out doing that today. You know, I'm like, fuck, man. They posted the picture today. I'm like, man, these motherfuckers, they they got no shame in their game. No shame whatsoever. They're like, we're gonna be the most, the least original and we're gonna copy the fuck out of whoever we can whatever makes the money because we we can't come up with nothing original so i'm just gonna bite that dude shit and seems that way with a lot of things today especially films you know they keep doing all these remakes you're like we've seen that already yeah and we've seen it great already yeah and you you can't do it better than that even listen to not gonna say names listen to new hip-hop records of artists who are sampling their songs that they had hit on a long time ago and trying to recreate that hit. Which is, you know what I mean? It's, it's, really, it's, really, it's really interesting. You know, it's like just like the same sample moment. or something. You know what or, I mean? Or people sample songs and they don't even know where the fuck it came from. Right. But uh, like I get that because what you're doing is you're sampling a, a song that was already successful. Exactly. So it's, it's a no-brainer. Like I'm just going to copy you <laughs> yeah. know, that song 
and these kids won't know it because the song is older than them. Right. And I'm going to have a hit because it was already a hit. Like the fucking um, Dreams with uh, oh, with Fleetwood, the, Mac. Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. Oh, homeboy, yeah, yeah. The homie dog faces skateboarding, drinking the cranberry juice. Yeah. So many motherfuckers think that that's a brand new song. <laughs> that shit's crazy. It's, it's very, very That's true. a generation that they don't really, yeah. really check about big, the past where it comes from. They don't give from. a fuck. Yeah. They're like, man, that's old shit. Damn. Who gives, who gives a fuck. And that song went to what, number one again? Yeah, I heard their sales went up too. Fleetwood Mac went up. Yeah, like the, it went up in the charts. The sales went up. And, you know, that that one guy, you know, I think mainly because my homie does Fools Gone Wild. Yeah. Was posting it. Fools Gone Wild. And <laughs> and that shit kicked off a whole thing for fucking ocean spray. Yes, oh, all huge. that kicked yeah. off a whole thing for um, Fleetwood Fleet Mac. Mac. And then the guy from Fleetwood Mac did it as well. He did yeah. it as well. That shit fucking it's went crazy, smart, bro. He was like, hey, I got this extra uh, money Stevie now. Nicks did it. Yeah, Stevie she did, yeah. But homie was living out of a trailer in his sister's yard. I read that, man. If I was, and he lives in Idaho. What oh, are the fuck? What are the, Cali? Yeah, what are the pads up there? Like 100 G's? Yeah. For a fucking 10 bedroom mansion. Yeah. You know, like if I was Mick Fleetwood, I would have been like, hey, man, thank you for fucking break you you off. Bringing that shit back to life. Absolutely. You know, but they probably think, oh, that shit's a hit. You know, that's my shit. You know, they broke him off of something, man. Yeah. Yeah. Just give him a pad. Be like, hey, oh, you live in a trailer in your sister's yard? Let me get right. you a house on the lake over there in Idaho, 100 Gs. I see people send him new Cortez and shit because his shoes are all busted. Yeah. People send him kicks. I know he's in Idaho. That makes him fucking cooler, though. I didn't know he was in cool, Idaho I yeah. mean, there's like people like David Axelrod, old school guy, did a lot of songs, and he had that song that... Oh, Dr. Dre. Yeah. He wrote that. So then he's talking on a live concert thing about... He's just like, oh, you know, many people talk about the sampling thing. And I was always like, oh, they're stealing from the artists, you know. And and he's playing, you know, it's a live band playing this in the yeah. background. He's just talking over it. Damn. He's like, but he hasn't gotten into the part yet. It's just like, dun, 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 dun. dun, he's, dun. Like, he's like, but you know what? I got to say, like, thanks to Dre, you know. He's yeah. like, now Damn. I got this, you know, like, fuck you money. And he's like, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Dre. Yeah. And then they break into the song, and it's that's fucked. They give me goosebumps here, and that's yeah. Sick. It's amazing that's when cool. you hear you get goosebumps. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, this is the original score. Yeah, and that the- that hip hop, you know, thing the chopping up the like. Right, mugs would chop up shit to where you couldn't sick. tell what it was. That's clever, you know. Though, like, that's- yeah, but it's like when the the guys are like. <laughs> like you know, like when Vanilla Ice did like Ice oh, Ice Baby, yeah, yeah. you know, like everybody knew that. That song, that beat, you know, yeah, it's like Queen. That's a no-brainer, you know. <laughs> right. But when you can take that shit and flip it to where you can't even tell what the fuck the sample is, that's when you're, you know, really being creative. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's the type of shit, you know, like no Muggs was, you know, the that's why people respected him so much. Yeah, he did so much in hip hop, man. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, he would paint everything, man. Chop up all them them fucking records, like. That's what he called it, the Soul Assassins. Mm-hmm. That's our crew, and it was from like assassinating the Soul That's Records. So dope. It's pretty know, good, like yeah. Killing it, and murdering right. it. You know, like taking them old funky, right? You know, Soul R and B records and just making some, you know, hits out of it. You know, there there was some that were already hits already, but it's just taking it and flipping it, and you know, just making it grimy as fuck, and that was, you know. 
that was that that moment of time back then yeah. yeah how does it feel to have la originals out now with everything your whole life kind of compressed into this documentary are you proud of it are you excited i mean i'm sure you are it's it's fucking it's, it's awesome a, it's man. amazing he turned me on to the it's doc so perfect i was dude. really impressed especially Thank the you. amount of footage that you had and it's your footage yeah like you did that yeah doc. i was like because at the end i was like yo <laughs> i was like that's amazing like yeah Years and years of collecting yeah, all that, that shit, man. Yeah, like, there was that's so why much. I asked, like, did you know, like that? Oh, you know, at the very beginning, like. Yeah, no, I, I just now, I now I'm thinking about what do I do with it all? You know, like mm -hmm. what can I do with this? So now we're working on a Cypress doc. We're doing, Sick. doing a sizzle reel. Way overdue for one of those. So you know, it's perfect because I'm thinking like, okay, well, everything the Cypress that I didn't use in our doc. Yeah, I got it for this one. Oh, yeah, nice. you know, and everything for this, I got, I got footage that we didn't use for LA originals. I can put in this doc and that doc. You yeah, know, like if we do a Soul Assassin documentary, because originally I want to do like a Soul Assassin documentary and just show how our crew is, right? How All the branches of our shit. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Just how fucking sick and what we did for the culture. Hundred percent. Yeah. But you know it's hard to get everybody together and True. fucking you know it's a lot of work. You <laughs> it's know? a lot of work. Then I was like, <laughs> let's do the Cypress one. Then you know yeah. and that was even a lot of work. I was like, well, fuck it, let's do me and cartoon. How about that? And we did that, and now Cypress saw that and they're like, hey, yeah. let's do that. Let's do one on us. And then they'd be dope to have that, man. Yeah. So like incredible. we're kind of working backwards. Like we wanted to do the the umbrella, right? And then branch off and have you know this go here this go there but now we're kind of working backwards which works too you know it works. makes it so unique and so interesting i think to watch the documentary done by you is because you were a part of it you live yeah. that shit you know you lived it yeah. it's very real so for to see cypress to see all that stuff it's going to be through your eyes and where they feel comfortable being yeah. filmed by you because after a while being on the road everyone becomes comfortable yeah. with you filming and shooting but so. that's the difference between him and like a, a label guy yeah, a corporate guy and a business guy and an industry guy like let me get a photo you're like you're like you're like their friends so th that that transcends through the movie you know what i'm saying yeah, like absolutely. You're, you're you friends. see a different side of those people you're shooting and that's yeah. more comfortable and relaxed and that's how you get them and those great yeah it's fucking yeah and you busted your ass for that you paid your dues and we're on oh, those yeah. tours and fucking yeah it felt good to put that out like having a baby or some shit like oh it's yeah it's finally out you know what yeah I mean? and then it was like the pandemic you know yeah, yeah. Like, hey, but it was good gonna... timing though because yeah. everybody's at home watching that shit though and everybody's sick of tiger king word so <laughs> very like, quickly yeah real so fast yeah they're like man this fool you know he got he had the whole world sprung out on that shit you know one of like, those dudes got locked up recently too one of them like yeah. i watched the shit like i binge watched it me too yeah and they're like tiger king tiger king tiger king i was like man what the fuck is all this about oh it's about this guy and he has these little <laughs> young guys around and he gets you know sprung out on them it's you wild know? bro they got no teeth and the tigers <laughs> and this and that. i was like fuck man that shit sounds crazy. It was to watch and it. And yeah. then I watched it. I was like, whoa, you know, because when you're hearing about it, you just think of a guy that has his little tiger thing, like a sanctuary. When you watch it, it's like. And then you watch it and all the twisted shit that goes on, and all the different stories. And this one might have murdered her two husbands or whatever. <laughs> yes. And you're like, she's on Dancing with the Stars now, too, which is bananas. Yeah. 
Bro, it's just crazy, it's bro. How this shit fucking. I'm sorry. It's yeah. Insane. And that was the most talked about thing at the beginning of the COVID. That was yeah, like the craziest shit. Like, this is only going to be the craziest thing that we, we deal with in these eight months, but it wasn't. But People are like, this is insane. But timing but timing, fairly original. It was fucking perfect, I think, man. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was right after that. It was everybody was on lockdown because for me, I was bummed out. You know, like I thought like one more time I get a fucking shot at the title and and something comes up, you know, like fuck man like because we had we had south by southwest booked we're the headliners it oh was, shit it was gonna be us one night and then us the next morning or the next afternoon and then the beasties Damn. the next night documentaries yeah and that's we're, a great doctor so we're like we're there me yeah spike that's, jones uh, me and cartoon great. beastie boys and they're gonna play our movie twice, which our movie was the only one in the film festival that was gonna play twice. Dope, man. So we're like, fuck yeah! And, and this was like, <laughs> you know, the you get you're in the festival, so you you have a chance of getting the little Great Cadillac festival. sign on your movie. You know, like they won yeah, this dope. award, they won this festival, that festival. Like for me, if I see a movie with all the little, yeah. you know, Cadillac signs, Legit. I'm like, oh, this motherfucker's the shit. Yeah. yeah, for sure. They won all them festivals. This gotta be good. Yeah. So. You know that I was looking forward to that. I had twenty homies buying tickets, getting Airbnbs. My family was coming out. Like it was gonna be Damn. cracking. We we're gonna take over. That's yeah. what that's what our thing was like. Let's take LA to South by Southwest. So sick. we had like twenty homies that are in the movies, in the movie. The family got like five Airbnbs. Everybody bought their own tickets, and we we're we we're gonna smash over there. Fuck. The two weeks before the pandemic. Oh, okay, cool. Well, you know, we're going to South by Southwest. Fuck that pandemic, you know? <laughs> They're like, yeah, like yeah. Star, Starbucks pulled out. We're like, oh, cool. Who gives a fuck, you know? And yeah. Then a T-Mobile pulls out or like all these brands start pulling out and Netflix was the very last one. So we're like, fuck, man. Well, this is a, a film festival. This is a Netflix thing. And then this artist is pulling out on the music side that artist playing out we're like fuck fuck they go hey it's over Netflix just pulled out they're the last ones to hold on we're like man ain't that about a bitch fuck. so now what no, well now they're just gonna put it up on Netflix when you say I'm just gonna put it up on Netflix that's what they really do they just this, put it up on Netflix what? with the thousands of movies. You know, this it's uh, not like new pick yeah, or. Yeah, yeah, I saw it up there. I saw it up there though. I saw it. That was because it was before. trending. Okay, yeah, yeah, it was fucking up there. It yeah. was trending and it went so to no like promo or ten, anything. no promo at all. Um, they didn't give us none of the elements or on nothing. your own social media. Yeah, I was yeah. like, you know, okay, it's live. And we're like, oh fuck, okay, you know. Yeah. Start posting it, you know, start telling all of our homies, everybody that worked at a... But it was or, great to see Snoop and Eminem, everybody posting it. It was fucking... Yeah, Eminem was so had much the, love, dude. Eminem cool. had the link in his bio. Nice. Shit is oh, dope, dude. Dope. Like, he had the post and he's all, hey, the homies wow. did this. That's huge, That's man. Massive. Check the link in the bio. And wow. I was like, what the fuck? That, you must have felt, that must have felt good. That's fucking yeah, cause huge, like, man. You know, like... I don't know, like, when we, whenever we kicked it with Eminem, it was like real friend shit. Right. Yeah, like, but we wouldn't talk to him. I don't have his phone number, Word. or it wasn't like I would see the dude every year. But the one time every other year I'd see him, or we would be on a tour or whatever, it was always love. Yeah, like, that's amazing, was, man. Like like Snoop. Right. Yeah, always the same, always the coolest motherfucker. To where people would call me up and be like, 
hey, um, I'm in, uh, you know, Wichita, Kansas today, and Eminem's coming. You think you can give him a call? I'm with my, <laughs> I'm with my wife and my daughter and her two friends. Like, Jesus, can we get some tickets? And I'm like. Absolutely not. Wait, wait, <laughs> so you think because I took pictures of Eminem for 15 minutes for a magazine, like 10 that, years ago, more that than I that, could, yeah. yeah, that I could call him up and ask him for you, your wife, and your three kids, you know, whatever it's the friends, worst, man, it's to the worst. go to this show in Kansas or wherever the fuck you guys are. <laughs> Come on, man! Like, oh, That's I the just worst. Want, you know, I, I got to try. My daughter was trying. <laughs> my daughter wanted to see, you know, like for the kids. You know, I'm like, man, you motherfuckers lay it on thick, you know? <laughs> so Especially after the doc, too. Even now, probably, it's probably like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah. But, come but, on. You know him. He's in your movie. <laughs> you know him. Come Yo, on. but the love I saw was just fucking, it was it was amazing, man. Everybody yeah. was fucking posting it. Yeah, that shit, man, it was dope. So that was, obviously that helped, right, being on there and all that, Netflix and trending, all that's fucking, it's great. Yeah, it, it, uh, it was a number one documentary, and it was a number four overall movie on a Netflix. It's fucking in, amazing. In the US. I mean, no Cadillac crazy. logos yet, but still, no, it's fucking. No festivals. You know, the festival thing is cool for the, if you're in the industry, because it's yeah. like, people in that genre were like, you know, you recognize, but on Netflix, you'll never get those, that type of thing, sure. but you did get the, you know, the rating. Like, yeah, you know, man. You were, you were this number at this time It's like putting a record Netflix. out. Yeah, 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 yeah. It'd be like you're big on Napster, but you weren't big at Tower Records, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so maybe in the works would be a Cypress Hill one or House of Pain one or something. That's cool, man. Yeah. Yeah, we're doing the Sizzle Reel for Cypress Hill. Nice. Do you feel like you feel that. like now it's 2020 and your age, everything, you, f- you feel like you still have to hustle as hard or you're kind of happy, content where you are? Yeah, I was just talking about that last night. Like, I'm, I'm hustling just as hard as I was in the 90s. You never stopped that shit. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's like... Every every day is a like you know like I said I'm I'm unemployed every day yeah so for me pandemic whatever it's like nothing to me like mm-hmm. you know oh you know we're gonna lose our jobs or we're not gonna yeah. be able to go to work I was like I've been having that all my life you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I gotta go look for another job every day yeah there's no retirement plans for musicians photographers yeah, none of that yeah, shit. we don't have a union we don't have nah. a fucking four hundred one k it's like you know you don't stack your chips but. You can stack your money, but then there's those times where nothing's happening. Yeah. And you're going through that money that you stacked up and you're like, fuck. Yeah. You know, like. Do you, do you, do you, uh, do you have any regrets in your life? Yeah. That I didn't take more pictures. And, At least that uh, Tupac wanted that show. I've been sick. Yeah. <laughs> Shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. That I didn't take more pictures that I, uh, you know, like being on the road and being an artist you sacrifice a lot you do to do all that with your family you know yes there was a lot of time i was on tour and i wasn't the stay-at-home dad you know going to every practice every you know yeah i would go to the ones that i could when i was home and i would see these dads out there yelling come on johnny you got it you know, flipping out, running up and down the, the <laughs> field and all that shit. And, and I would see my son or my daughters and I'd be like, you know, I, I had it in my inside. You know, I was like, fuck, like, that's my kid right there. I fucking love that. You yeah. Know? And that's just how I express myself. But I would see these other parents. They're just going buck wild over there. And I was thinking like, fuck, are these better parents? Because right, they're right. screaming I felt that way for too their before. kid louder than me. Like. 
you know, but, you know, at the same time, there's these dickheads that are going, come on, man, you can do better than that. Like, yeah, they think they're motivating their kid, but at the same time, they're screaming they're in front of everybody, right, yeah. right. you know, embarrassing them maybe, yeah. or, you know, like making them feel not as, as good as they could be, you know? Yeah. That's very true. So, you know, there's no parenting book. There probably is, nah. but I maybe mean, by now, probably by now there is. I yeah. Didn't, I didn't get it. Or I didn't have the parenting app on my phone. Me either. <laughs> so yeah, how many kids you have? Better. I got four kids oh, and wow, four dang. grandkids. Wow, bro. Yeah. I you look good, man. You look good for you. You're aging well. That's the vegan shit. Yeah, yeah. son. He's on that vegan life. You That's know? right. So one year in the vegan, vegan diet now? This year, yeah. Wow, That's man. Great, yeah. Man. I was getting, the doctors were threatening me to cut off one of my feet. And, uh, you know, they even went so far as to fucking uh, do, get the Sharpie out. Holy they're like, shit. Yeah, we're thinking of right here, which is like in between my foot, like before my ankle. They're like, you'll still have the heel. You know, would just put like an extension on there for the front part of your foot. And I was like, "Fuck, man!" Damn. Like, Yo, I, I, you know, because it was, I had a lot of pain, so I was like, "Fuck yeah!" You know, because there was that guy he killed his old lady uh, from Australia. He was an athlete. Mm. He didn't have no feet. That story. And he was oh, like the shit. track track star. And I was like, "This dude's running track on those little like is, you know fake feet." Yeah. Like I should be able to walk around. And take photos. What was wrong with your foot? What was it? I have a thing called neuropathy. So okay. it's like the nerves and the, and the, like I don't feel them and I don't have a, I have like numbness and tingling in my feet and like okay. burning sensations and then Damn. I don't feel them. So if I get a cut on them, it gets infected because oh, I shit. can't feel it. I don't even know. Yeah. The fucking thing is, you know, doing bad or not. And, um, it had gotten bad and I had the red line going up my leg and the doctor's oh, like, Hey, we need to put you in the emergency. And they're like, okay, like, it looks like, you know, this one might, might go. And I was like thinking about, it, I was like, well, you know, I do complain about pain a lot and you know, this might be a new, a new thing for me. You know, maybe I don't have to be in pain no more. Yeah. But when they started drawing on it with the Sharpie that, you know, started making me think like, fuck, you know, maybe you should give it one more shot. And I said, how can I go about, you know, helping this neuropathy shit? And I don't want to be in this pain forever, shit like that. And and uh, they go, you got, you just got to change your diet. And I was like, really? Whoa. That was it. They're like, that's amazing. A doctor would say that. And they go, what? What? I go, what did I have to do? And they go, just stop eating. They they said for because I have gout too. For the gout, I couldn't eat no more red meat, and no more uh, alcohol. And then the doctor told me, uh, the doctor for the neuropathy told me no no carbs, no dairy, and no sugar. Damn. So I was like, okay, no alcohol, no red meat, no carbs, no sugar, no dairy. I'm Italian and Mexican. We eat pizza, pasta, (laughs) tortas, tortillas, you know, fucking burritos, um, cakes galore, beans, rice. Mm -hmm fucking you know yeah pan dulce, everything <laughs> everything that that's bad Sweet for bread. you yeah word. you go to the mexican market and it's a, just like a fucking poison you know shit yeah. yeah aisles of poison and the doctor broke it down to me he's like you know food is either either medicine or poison yes that's amazing that's doctor said that shit. That's and then uh i watched that that uh documentary game changers yep. with all the 
the top athletes and yep. they're all vegan and i just had to process all that in my head and think about you know do i want to walk around on the on the fake feed and go through all that drama like putting my feet on and taking a shower and you know taking yeah, all that man. shit off and hopping into the fucking shower on one leg and Fuck. you know i was already doing that with the sores on my feet so i had to do the plastic bags and casts yeah, for weeks so i was like you know maybe i'll just give it one more shot and and i did that and i lost like 50 pounds right off yeah, the bat great, man yeah and people started you know people they're yeah. always negative they're like <laughs> yeah. are you okay man and I'm like, yeah. And they're like, are you, are you, are you, uh, are you sober? And I was like, not really. What do you mean? And they're like, <laughs> like, are you okay? And I go, yeah. Why? And they're like, well, you know, you lost a lot of weight real quick. And I go, you mean in my tweaking? And they're like, you well, we didn't want to say that, but yeah. You know, I'm like, nah, man. I'm fucking eating healthy. You know, I'm not going to the hat, getting the double burger with pastrami, bacon and the chili fries and the and the shake anymore <laughs> yeah you know i'm going to you know the the vegan spot getting a plant-based burger with no bread and Is if i get fries or sweet potato you know right. so That's i just had awesome. to switch my whole shit around but i feel better you know like it's helped everything i don't have that fucking uh, ibs no more wow from dude. going yeah. you know you go you go eat <laughs> at the hat or some of these fucking pizza spots and yeah. you feel like your stomach's about to bust that in the combination with the alcohol it's yeah just, yeah you know, it will destroy It'll your digestive you system but i feel you you know it's like i haven't eaten meat in what 33 years i stopped drinking at the beginning of the year yeah and the difference is radical you yeah know, it's radical you know yeah I, can, I mean people started noticing as well like i wasn't really unhealthy looking yeah but i felt it yeah. You know, and then it was like after a while doing juices with Toby got me into that and doing like juicing. Yeah. That was a game changer, you know, yeah. like set your body in shape. But it's yeah. just like really that development of your mind, getting your mind set on that because we're all trained to eat, you know, a lot of this bad food yeah. that's out Shit. there. You it's know? all poison. Absolutely. Is, like they could get rid of the whole chip aisle at the market, <laughs> the whole <laughs> cereal aisle, yeah. the whole it's candy trash. aisle. Yeah. You know, like the uh, the whole bread aisle, like nobody needs that they shit. Don't nobody, that shit it's just they don't fucks need it. everybody up. Like Absolutely, our whole man. country is fucking obese. Yep. And then it's everybody's seen it around the world, and now we have fucking McDonald's and everything, and we blew up everybody else. Like we poisoned <laughs> oh, everybody yeah, I saw it in yeah. Brazil with know? our bullshit yeah. food, you know. And it's it's fucked up, you know. It's crazy. McDonald's is essential to be open during the COVID, and like nobody, not to get political, but nobody's talking about health. And your immune system and keeping it strong, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, and and Mike McDonald's kills way more people. Definitely, not I saying mean, more than carbon. It's just like, it's just like not the best food, but that's essential to eat. That it's like. But that's yeah. I mean that's a big problem why the U.S. is doing so badly with COVID because yeah. there's pre-existing conditions that exist from the diet. Yeah, you know that's always been going downhill for the yeah. past thirty years. You know it wasn't that way in the U.S. that long if yeah. you think about it. Yeah, never. You're like, Growing up, you know, I'd go to McDonald's with my parents like once a month, maybe. Yeah. You know, it wasn't pushed so hard by propaganda and commercials, you know. It was more eating at home, you know, but things it, like It was that. like a treat, too. Yeah, You know, like absolutely. if you do good, you go to McDonald's and you get the Big Mac, you get the fries, you get to go large. The Happy Meal. You get yeah. the fucking shake and you're real good. <laughs> right, right. You, if you got a good score on your test, I'll get you the apple the pie. apple pie was and like, 
bomb. Apple pie was the bomb, <laughs> dude. Well, I'm going to do the best. Yeah, that shit yeah. would motivate me in school. But then, uh, like, I feel bad, you know, because my poor mom and shit, she didn't know she's fucking poisoning me, you know, trying True. to get me to do shit, you know? And, yeah. uh, and, like, that shit passed on to me. And, like, now, you know, I have one daughter. She's full-blown vegan, and she's trying to... Man. She's like a fucking hardcore one. She don't like, I don't like. I don't even know all the shit. She's yeah, we, yeah. She's doing animal products and shit. Yeah, I see either. Product, yeah. Anything like vegan Nikes. Like anywhere, <laughs> yeah. Like anywhere there's any type of thing where there's any type of animal with involved anywhere down the line. So dope. This is my favorite part of this because I knew yeah. everything about him except for this. That, that's you can tell when you walked in like you lost weight. Like you know what I mean. Like younger. Yeah. Just, and then me and this guy. He's a. He's a. Uh, former sergeant in the army. Nice man. Oh, so Thank you for your service, sir. <laughs> you don't like <laughs> when they you, say man. that. You don't like that? No. no well, I, I, I okay. <laughs> no, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. It. But but I appreciate you. A lot of the whole like that's what our country was was told to tell veterans. You know, thank you for your service. But none of them like it when you say that. Oh, I'm sorry, man. But no, it's not like a disrespectful thing. But yeah, nobody knows. Mm-hmm. That that you know that they're being told that I, I he's broke it down to me before. Like it's he, interesting. I never knew that. Yeah, he's yeah. better at it than me. But he lives with me in the back house. Okay. And one of the best things I've ever bought in my life was a four thousand um, dollar pellet the bike juicer. No <laughs> juicer. You sauna. Oh, sauna? Yeah. Sick. Of course. I got a six person uh barrel sauna and he he does construction okay so he he put it together for me and i had a dirt lot i was like hey just put the the fucking barrel in the dirt and, <laughs> and we'll just put like a little uh stepping stone thing to it and 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 we'll do the ice because i learned that from the homie pat from ruka nice and my other boy marlin from new york we'd always do the the saunas so I was like, man, I want to get one of those. That shit makes me feel fucking great. Nah, it's like, great. You get the sauna, and then you come out and you do the ice bath. Yeah, yeah. Sauna for 20 yeah. minutes, ice bath for three, Absolutely, and you do that three man. times. So I got, you know, I told him, I was like, hey, let's just put the fucking thing together and put a little rock path going up to it, and we'll be straight. And he's like, oh, I think you should do like a, a wooden deck. You know, let's, let's just make, I'll just slap together a little wooden deck. That's dope. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. And then I looking at my pool, uh, fucking filters and shit. I was like, hey, can we put like a little wall to block that ugly shit up? Because the deck looks cool. <laughs> the sauna looks cool. Yeah. But that looks ugly. Yeah, sure. And then he's like, hey, maybe we should put a roof on it. So, you know, it protects all this fucking deck and, and the sauna yeah. and everything. So I was like, yeah, fuck it. So oh, now we got sauna. this full-blown like sauna area nice. with a shower, Sick. outside shower. And, you know, we do the ice, the sauna every morning. We have, you know, it holds six people. So it's me and him and four other guys. We all just fucking get in there every day. Sick. Get the sauna ice. We have weights set up there. I was going to ask you, you working out too, yeah. So we got the weights. Mm -hmm. And, like, in the morning, my my vegan daughter, she comes at 6.30. What does she call it? Like the six thirty, the six thirty something. Like her and her friends come and work out because of the nice. COVID. Six thirty shift on crew so, or something. Yeah. So they come at six thirty, work out to like uh, seven thirty eight, 
Then we hit the sauna. Sauna boys hit it from 8.30. Sauna boys. To like, <laughs> tight. To like 11. And then my son has another crew of all ripped motherfuckers. They're, they're like the savage squad. So then <laughs> those guys hit it in the afternoon, and they're it's just tight. all ripped and fucking, you know, cut up from just hitting the weights. It's fucking awesome, man. So we kind of have this little gym there. And, and when I saw it at Ruka, I was like, man, this is fucking yeah, dope. Like all yeah, these people, right. like they're on the same page. They're all eating healthy. They're all fucking doing the sauna. They're fighting. They're hitting the weights. They're yeah. doing, you know, cardio. They all look fucking healthy. Yeah. Sick. Like, man, this is fucking dope. It's inspiring. Yeah. And little by little, that's how our place has come to, you know, for all of us. You that's know, cool. good what like 15 people a day they come through to the backyard wow. that's cool stance is like the two you've been to stance yeah it's like a basketball court uh there's a the chef, weight, the gym yeah. yeah dude it's fucking like a whole community at stance yeah it's sick man so we did you see we did the basketball court me and cartoon oh there yeah yeah i went there a long time ago maybe did, yeah cartoon did a mural and then they have one of my photos of. i've uh, probably seen it was was there a bowl in there too at that time it was a bowl no. on the roof Oh, maybe it's a new version. Yeah, I don't know if I'm, yeah. Yeah, I think it, they moved. Since they did your socks? Yep. Okay, yeah, I've been there since a while, yeah. Yeah. That's dope, though. It's a great crew over there, man. Stance. Yeah, yeah, they're cool as fuck. But that whole community, like getting healthy at a chef, make you want when you're there. Yeah. People training at lunch and shit. Yep. Sick, man. It's like a new... Yeah. I'm probably... That's amazing. How old are you now? I'm 50 now. 54. Yeah, man. He's turned your whole shit around. Yep. Now, you know, I'm just uh, trying to stay around. My dad's 78. So that's my my goal, you know, is to at least hit Pops' age. Yeah. My grandpa on my mom's side, I think I outlived him as far as years go. He had a heart attack, so I'm just, you know, trying to keep up with Pops and I'll be all right, you know? Yeah, yeah. But you reversed everything you had. Like you said, IBS is gone and yeah. your, your foot's better and all that, like... Yeah, it's crazy how powerful a diet is and what you put in your body and shit. Nobody thinks about that. You no, know what I mean? Nobody. Yeah, everybody's like lazy. They don't give a fuck. Like, even people that come around us all the time, they see it, you know, firsthand. They're like, "Hey, man, I want to do that." They do it for like yeah, a yeah, week and then they fall off. Right, right. But and it's like, mental. Man, pobrecitos, you know, like they <laughs> they come to the fucking. They go, "Hey, I want to come do the sauna. I want to come do the sauna with you guys." I go, yeah, you could come one time. They're like, what do you mean once? I go, well, that's all you'll you'll last. Like you'll come once and you'll never come back. Yeah. Like, Why? Why you say that? I go, I seen it. Like right. forty. There's been like how many fools come over? <laughs> like, <laughs> like at least twenty, thirty of the homies have come through. Come through. And maybe five of them have come twice. Came back the rest yeah, yeah. come yeah. one time they're like fuck that shit you know <laughs> that heat and that fucking ice no, and but it's life man Shana's life I learned that through my girl and that from that culture she's from Belarus like the yeah. Russian culture and they have that in their backyard you know yeah. it's a very common thing and in Finland and places like that yeah. you know they have in their little one easy to build and simple and then it's just it, it changes everything yeah it adds on it adds some years onto you you know yeah for sure man you you get a you get a couple extra years on the house you know Mm -hmm. if you take care of yourself yeah i haven't i haven't eaten meat since 1988 and then my dad died at 33 had a rare rare heart condition so like we were super scared like every time my older brothers are going to turn 33 you're going to die too because of some rare shit but obviously we're still here but yeah I'm happy I made that decision a long time ago, you know, like Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, that was a good one. And <laughs> then like, you know, skinhead Rob, he he's yep. vegan. Yep. 
So like when For I long first time. when I first started doing it, I had a good homie that I trusted and of course. That, that I felt comfortable with cuz for me and my crew and my type of people, vegan is like the worst. Yeah. <laughs> like you can't yeah, right. get any lamer than being vegan. Yeah. And I'm just like, fuck it. Now that I'm doing it, like being so cool, sober man. and vegan. Oh yeah. You're you're out of the you're out of the car. You know, <laughs> you're like you're booted out of the culture. You're definitely black sheep. Yeah, and yeah. Your yeah. whole fucking lowrider, you know, cool, cool I mean, pass is like you hmm? came from a school of like wanting to be different. You know, that's cool. You know, yeah. being different. You know, and I and I came. I think we all did. You know, we're growing up. You know, trying to not fit in. You know, I didn't want to be like those fools in my school who yeah. actually were getting wasted and drunk. Yeah. So for me, it was like a good time. That, you know the whole hardcore and punk rock scene helped because I wanted to be different from those people. I was like, I don't want to be anything like those fools. Or yeah. you know, I went and experimented after high school, but you know, it was always like trying to avoid that being like everybody else. Yeah, you know, I just never felt like I wanted to do that. But yeah, I, Do- I feel you, Dory from the Misfits, who's vegan now for a long time. He told me that on the on the tour we did '96, he saw me and my wife coming out of Subway with just a sub with no meat on it. And then my wife had a bag of phony baloney that we put on the thing. He's like, what the fuck is this shit? Like, it's called phony baloney. He's like, I eat crazy. He used to make it fun, but now he's vegan. He's like, I got that back then. I remember seeing you guys doing that. Oh, you know him before he was vegan. Yeah, before vegan. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Phony was, baloney back in the day. I was bummed when I shot uh, Rise Against. Rise Against. Or vegans, or vegans too as well. Yeah, because yeah, I was like, fuck, man. I get to shoot the love. Like These were hardcore. This music was like yeah. hardcore. Yeah. They're fucking bouncing off the walls. Great band. And then I get the love song, you know. <laughs> the, the, I get the love acoustics song uh, out of the hardcore, the most hardcore shit. I'm getting the like softest love song. Right. And then I'm like, what's up with these dudes? They're like doing these love ballads and they're vegan and shit. <laughs> like I, I went to the craft service and everything was, you know, phony baloney and all yeah. this shit. I'm like, the fuck i'm not gonna be able to eat all day ah. the craft service you know like fuck man i was like pissed <laughs> it was like in chicago i think yeah so they're from yeah so yeah. i'm thinking of chicago deep de- deep, deep dish, dish pizza, pizza yeah. you know i'm thinking all that shit like the fucking <laughs> sausage pepperoni meatball i'm i'm like yeah oh i'm going to chicago i'm gonna fucking kill it and I go with the vegans. And I was like, fuck, man. So I didn't eat until it was over. Damn. <laughs> Looking back now, you're like, damn, that shit was probably really good. Yeah, them dudes could have put me up on game way back then. I could have been healthy all this fucking time, you know? Right. Do you fuck with Monty's? Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> it, can be a little, with... it can be a little tricky, too, like coming from trying yeah, to get healthy. She's sure. going full-on processed meat food that has some high cholesterol, too, because it is processed. So yeah. it, it's easy to become like... It's, it's easy like to become a big, junk food vegan true, as well. True, it's becoming you know now. I mean? It's like, like the new greens. McDonald's, you know. As far as like, oh, once in a while, yeah. You know, the Impossible's cr- fucking you know. crushes and yeah, beyond. We, we used to follow this girl on Instagram. She's fucking fine as hell, right? <laughs> She's had millions of followers, and we used to just be like, hey, you know, check her out. Look at her today. Check out this post, homie. Damn, she looks fine as fuck. She's vegan, right? Oh, okay. No, now she's her whole thing is getting thicker and thicker, and I'm look, tripping out on her like, hey man, she's vegan and she because when I'm seeing her as vegan and I was doing the vegan thing, I'm like, oh, I'm losing weight, I'm gonna get ripped, 
you know, this is going to be fucking great. And I'm looking at this girl's pictures. I'm like, damn, look at, you know, there's a chick that's vegan. And she's like top notch. And then like we're settled into the vegan thing. And then she starts blowing up, getting bigger and bigger, like, you know, bigger thighs, ass, you know, just blowing up everywhere. And I'm like, how is she doing all that? You know, being the being vegan, you know, and it was because of, you know, bread. You could still be totally fat and out of shape being vegan. You know, people get that twisted. They They do get twisted. I'm going to be vegan. I'll get I'll probably be like 125, 30 pounds, you know, because I'm going to lose. I'm not going to have protein. I'm going to lose all my muscle. Yeah. Lose all my weight. And when you're starting and you're just seeing the fucking weight falling off, melting off, yeah. like you're like, God damn, this is pretty cool. Like I'm gonna get back to my high school weight. Yeah. And then it's like and the carbs set in. Yeah, but it depends what you do. You got a lot of greens and like fucking you know. Yeah, dude, you yeah. hit that you hit that plateau and you're like, Oh fuck, you know, and then you start feeling like it feels like I'm putting weight on, but I'm not changing nothing. Like your body yeah. feels all these different things going on and sees it, you know, they're like, What's going on here? But the best part about it for me was what the inside was going on, you know? Right. Yeah, it's really yeah. great. You turn your shit around in your health, too. Turn your shit around. <laughs> no you know? pun intended. Yeah. Um, okay, well, one, <laughs> one of the last questions is you consider yourself an optimist or pessimist, but I pretty much get the vibe from you that you're, you're an optimist. Yeah. You stay focused. You've always stayed focused on oh, yeah, the yeah. jump, you know what for I mean? Sure. Like, Yeah, focus is a key, you know, to... Your longevity. To longevity and success, you know? Yeah, you can't be successful and be scatterbrained and have, you know, fucking be all over the place. Yeah. You know, I like watch different people, uh, you know, like we watch this guy, David Goggins, on uh, on IG. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know the guy, yeah. And we just watch shit like that, and he just keeps it so simple and tells you real hood and, and keeps it simple, but it's all about being focused and pushing your pushing yourself. Yeah. You know, don't be the victim and don't make excuses you know like there was this one video where he's running down the street it was like 120 degrees where he is That's all I did. yeah and a and a man pulls up on him he's out there with just his shorts and his shirt and a backpack full of fucking weight or some shit and he's Damn. running down the street and the guy goes hey man it's too hot you know what are you doing running out here and he goes why are you out here running it's too hot and he goes because you're not oh and he just shit. kept running <laughs> fucking love that yeah he just kept running and that's the dude amazing rolled his window back up with the ac on and was like fuck it and took off <laughs> but you see people like that yeah and, inspiring man and that shit just blows me away i'm like fuck man i'm over here bullshitting you know like, yeah dudes like that make me feel like i'm standing still or i'm just yeah. spinning my my wheels in the mud yeah that ja- how about that jack dude in um and uh the, the movie he talked about the documentary, oh. the Jack dude doing the pull-ups. He's like, I have grandkids. Oh, I, yeah, I, yeah, game changers. Game changers. Like, yeah. I know the pull-ups. He's Jack, like 60 years old, and that was yeah. crazy, man. Yeah, yeah, that fool was crazy. <laughs> the older black man? Yeah. yeah. But that shit's possible, man. We see people like that doing it. Possible. And then that one weightlifter with the big pork yeah. chops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the guy's interviewing him going, you know, you're in a in a in an industry where, you know, you have to have mass and you have to be strong and you have to, you know, you're fucking competing against these guys that are, you know, probably doing steroids and eating steaks and all that. Like, how do you expect to be like as strong as an ox, but you're not eating all the food groups? And he goes, he killed it. Like, they could have just stopped the documentary right here <laughs> and just been like, it's over. 
but you know they wanted to give everybody their money's worth. And he goes, "Have you ever seen an ox eat meat?" And she the, was amazing. Dude. And it just shut the dude down. He's like, "Fuck!" He goes, "Have you ever seen a gorilla eat meat?" Right. Have you ever yeah. seen a rhinoceros eat meat? Or an elephant, you know, like he was so picking out great, the, the fucking strongest the animals. animals from the kingdom. Yeah. And being like, these motherfuckers don't eat meat. And how strong are they? And you're like, God damn, you know. Like, that was amazing. Yeah, that was so true. true. People don't think about that. And then the part that tripped me out is when they were testing the college football players All right. about stamina, like sex wise. And like At how long you can their, have a heart on and like shit. Like a dick test while they're sleeping and shit. Yeah, that was yeah. crazy. Dude. They're like giving them a, what was it, like a, a meat. Yeah, a meat a uh, sandwich wrap and then yep. like a vegan one. Right. And the vegan one had them have a heart on longer. That shit was crazy, And dude. they could, you know, had it bigger, longer, <laughs> you know, everything. I was like, damn, if they would have told me that in high school. <laughs> you know, like when you're over there hitting it like a rabbit, and they would have been like, hey, if you're vegan, you can go longer and it'll be, you know, better. I would have done that shit fucking 30 years ago <laughs> that was crazy that was the most crazy thing to talk to me about veganism you never think about shit like that you know you sex drive and shit oh yeah that was crazy man that was like dope ass in information you know yeah and and they were talking to the best of the best in each sport yep like everybody that they talked to was at the top of their game and the top of their sport yeah so like if they're doing all that for they have all these people on payroll to help these guys become the best of the best and and they are yeah and that's all you need to do watch them yeah watch the fucking pros do it 100 like best of the best do what they do and by example. you could be like that yeah or you can listen to your fucking aunt who's like oh that's all you know a bunch of bullshit i've been eating meat my whole life and i'm healthy i just came back from the doctor yesterday but you know <laughs> yes. They're like a little bit obese. My that, cholesterol's you know, fine. I'm good. Like all that shit. Yeah, and they're way out of shape. You know, they could never do fucking Runyon Canyon, not even the easy part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. But, you know, people think like that. Like yeah. my grandma lived to be in her 80s. And if I told her that I didn't want to eat meat or her homemade tortillas or her tamales or her rice, it's like or disrespect. Fucking sopa fideo, I would have been like in trouble. Yeah, you know, she, I, I would have been like, Nana, can you make some vegan stuff? She get the fuck out of here. I'm 85 years old and I'm fine. Yeah. I've been eating this shit all my life. Mm-hmm. Made it this far. You inspire your wife, or anybody, your family to become vegan as well. Yeah. Or was your daughter already like that? My daughter had been vegetarian before, yeah. but this kicked it to another level. Yeah. And now we trade restaurants, like you know. Go to this one for Italian food. Go to this one yeah. for Mexican food. If you want to go to a bougie spot, go to this one. If you want to hit a truck, go to there. Burger there. Yeah, the options are. And especially know, in LA is the mecca. Yeah, dude. and it's just been growing. You know, since we've been in the game, it's like it's grown everywhere in the Everything. world. I mean, even in Brazil, yeah. where it's all about eating meat. You yeah. know, living there for twenty years, I started noticing the past six, seven years, it's been booming. You know, yeah. all yeah. these places coming out. You've but been the, to Pura Vida. You've been there. Italian oh spot? yeah, yeah, yeah. I hit that. Rob, Rob took me to all that. Yeah, Rob took me to Crossroads, Best. Vegan Glory, Pura Vida, Gracias Madre, like Gracias all the stairs. fucking best spots. Bang! To where I was like, how can I not be vegan? Right. All this shit so is sick. like. I, I agree. Like Gracias Madre, there's a Mexican yeah, soup called banging. Pasole. Mm-hmm. They had the best pasole. Like, I, I'm talking about it can compete like with legit. any meat, yeah. co- right. meat pasole. Yeah, anywhere. 
Like you can bring me grandma's pozole, <laughs> this shit is right there. I mean, with that's that. saying a lot. And it's know. straight up vegan. Yeah. At a restaurant. I don't know what happened. During the COVID, they got a new chef. They took the pasole out. Oh, shit. So, like, you uh. know, we're fucked, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that shit happens, like, almost everywhere I go. Like, they, uh, they change it they up. They take yeah. the yeah. best shit out. Like, there was a a Mexican restaurant downtown. They were the only Mexican restaurant that had this soup called Sopa de Fideo. Mm. Like, only my grandma and my aunt make that shit. And you can't find it at a restaurant. They they had it there, and after Damn. a while, they they discontinued it. Like, what do you? What? I don't get it, man. This is like I hate the that shit best too, man. shit. I have to, you have to go back there and like fight them on it. Like, I oh, was telling them, oh, like, okay. what's up with the sopa fideo? You know, it wasn't really a big seller. I'm like, but you guys are the only restaurant made, in yeah. L.A. that I found that shit. Yeah. Now I'm vegan. Fuck it. I don't want the carb noodles. <laughs> like, keep a, that shit. There's a place called Honoris. It's on Moore Park, over the hill. It's a Mexican restaurant. It's, oh, owned, it's family there. owned for 20 years. All vegan Mexican. It's fucking amazing, man. You took I, I, me there I when I was juicing. That was yeah, great. I took you there with juicing. Too. <laughs> Bang and <laughs> pizza, everything. Uh, I asked your last question about the clown. That's your final question. Oh, yeah. Lenores. Lenores. Lenores? Lenores, yeah. Okay. It's on Moore Park. It looked good. It's bang. <laughs> I asked a question about clowns. Oh, yeah. So I was noticing in the doc, uh, the cartoons, tattoos, like... a the whole theme of like clowns yeah and and i didn't under, I like what what is that about like i never knew like i saw them a lot of like in the art. culture like where yeah, he, yeah. Come yeah. he explains it the best um but there there's a a common like famous uh saying and artwork it's mm-hmm. called it's called smile now cry later yeah and you it's one, mm-hmm. one, you know, it's a, the happy and sad right. faces or like tragedy yeah. and right, right. whatever they call it. But that's real big in, in our culture, that saying and, um, and those, those faces, you know, uh, okay. everybody has them tattooed yeah, on them. Yeah, everybody yeah. has like smile now, cry later. Or, you know, me, I, I, because we are so into our car club was so into classic rock. Right. And when we <laughs> low ride, like. Everybody was playing hip hop or soul or oldies. In our car club, if you, when we'd go to an event, you had to play classic rock. That's you dope. could play The Doors, Jimi Hendrix, yeah. um, Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, Janis Joplin, but it had to be from that era, and it had to be loud. Oh and so, so for cool. me, I got the smile now, cry later, tattoos with with a girl, mm-hmm. and then from led zeppelin i put good times bad times Sick. from the song That's dope. so this side you know she's smiling this side she's crying and you know i just yeah, I flipped it, it up to, so that it went with our our theme of our car club and stuff but it's a it's kind of like uh you know putting on your game face mm-hmm. you know don't show like a poker face you know yeah okay so you know no matter what you're 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 that guy, you know, like if if you're going into an en- enemy territory or whatever, you don't show no fear. Mm-hmm. You know, you put that face on like, what, homie, you know, I'm yeah. with it. I'm, re- I'm ready. I'm with it. Let's do this. And I love that. It, you know, throughout the years, it's just become like a iconic thing. Like the there's a tattoo with a cross with the with the three lines you know, that goes over the yes. cross. Uh, yeah. There's that. There's like the three dots. There's, right. You know, uh, 
there's putting your old lady's name on you or your kids' names or a, you know, portrait of a loved one. Like it's all part of you know the Guadalupe is a big you yeah. know, tattoo yeah. in the culture. So there's just certain iconic imagery that that we have, and that's one of the biggest ones. Yeah, you know what else too is interesting too is is canvas army belts that you wore with Dickies. We saw that yeah. growing up in, in the culture over here too. Yeah. And that became an East Coast thing for vegans is that army belt. And But out here you see people getting embroidered the swap meet with letters on them, the crew, whatever on them. That yeah. was such a West Coast thing, but that became a, a New York thing too. We, everybody rocked canvas belts, everybody army belts with yeah, Dickies. And, and we get that's the, West Coast. Uh, you get the initials of the like belt buckles, either yeah. your name or your gang name. You know, you right. in the belt buckle. Like if you were from it was a cut neighborhood... Out. You'd, you'd have your the letter of the name of your neighborhood. Fucking amazing. And then you, ha- then you hang the, the belt Coast. down, you get a long yeah, belt, hang it down, have embroidery. Yeah. That's all that West Coast, huge. man. That was huge. Well, I appreciate you, dude. We covered so much. Two hours, but let me oh, check sorry. all my notes. Esteban, I appreciate you, man. This oh, is you fucking. Got the notes. I have it's all got my notes. Dude, I have all my <laughs> shit, dude. <laughs> cool. um, hang out. Stellas. LA Originals. We covered all that shit. Well, you were on Anthony Bourdain. That was sick. I remember that. Entourage, Carson Daly. You did shit with Cadillac, Nike. All the, G- the GQ photos you did, um, producing photos with Cube, Method Man, Red Man, Nate Dog, Beastie Boys, Floyd Mayweather. I got all my shit, bro. Yeah, um, yeah. You did so much. You did it all on your own, which I think is even more. I have so much respect for you. You, you just grinded on your own, and you found this thing that you love to do, and it, it was, and you did a great job doing it, and became like you made it your life, dude. It's fucking. Yeah, it's la- pretty. Ma- barely making it out of high school too, and the fucking. Yeah. But it's awesome, though. It was all my, you know, the drive that I had and my hustle, you know. I was one of those guys that thought, like, when I, if I, I want to make it to where I could buy my mom a house. Mm-hmm. And I ended up taking care of my mom, you know, the last few years of her life. I was paying the mortgage every That's year, dope, you know, every month and whatever. So I, you know, set that goal and I was able to, you know, achieve it. So that, that felt pretty that, good man. to be That's able to, incredible. you know, come to that point. You stayed on the path and went through all, all different changes of the industry and everything and like you said taking photos and doing videos and now doing documentary and like it's all amazing all self-taught everything yourself you did it yourself and just never stopped grinding man. it's super inspirational man i appreciate you and like everything you did for the culture and putting all the cultures together with skateboarding punk rock hip-hop all the videos you did this connecting everyone you, you capture that and live that and it's it's awesome man thank you it's really fucking awesome yeah, yeah. i appreciate your time today and uh where, where can people find your stuff? Uh, on my website or my IG. Everything is under my name, Esteban Oreo. So I try to keep it simple, you know. I, Even the websites, that too. Yeah, I don't do the whole. I don't put the hashtags and the. I mean the <laughs> underscores and all That's that. A and lot of work. To yeah, do all like that. some people have like yeah. you know one chocolate bear, you know seventy two or some shit like that with a <laughs> underscore under fucking each yeah letter or whatever. And you're like, man, how the fuck are you supposed to? remember that shit you know just keep it like i like paul wall or was it paul wall or, or uh, mike jones they said like no gimmicks no something like that like no gimmick real name yeah i like that and too I, and i just thought like man that's the fucking shit right there i'm you know i'm just running with my own shit you know it'll be easy to remember yeah it's great and easy and to, to have find. that too and own and have that because sometimes people take your name and shit even on online. my ig i just have my name my website is my name you know in the bio smart and then i put the link to my merch site in the bio and I still get people going, "Hey, what's your website?" I know, dude. It's All fucking the, the worst. What's dude. your What's your merch site? Yeah. 
I go just look by my by my icon picture. Yeah, and everything is there for you. Like you, you branded yourself. You're a brand. Yeah, I, I it's noticed. Pretty amazing, that man. You had to do that shit later on because yeah. I was a photographer. And nobody cared what a photographer looked like. But then, like the digital era came out, and I don't know, selfies became like a big thing. Yeah. If you were a photographer, you take your picture with a celebrity if you shot one. But yeah. In my day, that was against the rules, you know. Like pretty you never, amazing, man. You never got like how many photographers shot you, you guys backstage, and were like, "Hey, can I get in the shot?" You know, <laughs> I want to take a picture <laughs> with, a with Sepultura. You know, like recently though, but not yeah, back yeah. in the not day. Not back then, dude. No, not back in the day. You had no. a, a film camera yeah, with a manual focus. Like it was hard as fuck to take a selfie yeah. back then. It, it was, yeah, it, but it with an all atom, automatic, <laughs> right. de, you know, yeah. digital camera, you just can you know do that shit. But that's so true. Back yeah. in the day, you couldn't. You that was like kind of against the rules. Yeah. But you 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 pre, you uh, persevered. Is that the word persevere? Yeah, through the times, like you changed with the times, and yeah, my first shot and stayed with a, relevant during the times. My first shot with a celebrity was Tom Cruise. Fuck. And it was because I was doing a a piece on a track. Oh yeah, yeah. The DJ for Kanye for Complex Magazine, and I was like, hey, it was a day in the life of a track, and it was like a couple page story, and I was like, hey fucking tom cruise came to the show he goes oh yeah yeah that's crazy i go how about we get a flick with you with him and i took a picture with him and i seen kanye was like he was like talking to somebody we were backstage the show was over and i seen him looking at me and i go hey kanye you want to get a flick you want to get in a flick with tom cruise he goes hell yeah yeah let's do that <laughs> so i took a picture of a track with him i took a picture of him with kanye and then all the people backstage this is before social media yeah okay. so i shot maybe 30 people with with uh tom, tom cruise, cruise. backstage hey man let me can i get in a shot can i get in a shot can i get in a shot and tom I, cruise like oh shit yeah he's like what did i fucking do man i should have just said no but then at the end i was like man fucking that's tom cruise you know everybody fucking already molested the fuck out of him <laughs> why don't i just get one and i told my homie that i was there i, I think a track might have took the photo i was like hey can you get a like, shot of me and yeah. tom should not focus and i yeah <laughs> and i had a i got one of me and tom and then That's i was sick. like nice you know if if the timing is right and the person's cool and there's a moment where i think you know it would be okay yeah you know I'll do it. You didn't get with De Niro and Pacino when you do work with them? No. Damn, that, that's, bro. That's that's one of the things where I Fuck. where I felt like this time isn't right mm -hmm. and these I'll, I'll guys I'll see you again. I'll get you. Yes. Yeah, no, not even that. It was like <laughs> these are the guys you don't ask that shit to yeah. cuz they're so old school that that ain't cool with right. them, you know? So Still get to work with them. That's fucking amazing. Yeah, man. like that was enough for me. Right. Like, yeah. To be able to to stand in the place with them and take a picture with them. I was I was straight. It's fucking it's insane, man. Yeah, that's really like okay. I'm good. I, I this is like huge. Like I, I told myself, I go if I if something happens to me tomorrow, I I made it in my mind. I right. made it. It's I Pacino. Fuck the two biggest dudes in my head as far as when I was growing up, things that I looked up to. I'm like, that's it. Is there I'm somebody cool. you want to shoot but never got to shoot? Good question. Like a, like at this point, 
Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of... You have like, like a list? Yeah, a list. Fuck it, list. Yeah, I want to, you know, I'd like to shoot, you know, Harvey Keitel because he's from that fucking crew. What a G. Fucking Top five, right? Scorsese. Top five, yeah. Joe Pesci, you know, uh, Willem Dafoe, Christopher Walken. We got it right here. I got, I got De Niro, you know. You got Dennis Hopper. I, Dennis Hopper. So there's like that, that era of of men that i would like to get yeah and then you know there's other people there's other women there's younger people you know like it'll never stop because there's always great talent coming out great artists coming through but you can make all that happen if you if you wanted to you could definitely get that happen yeah but you don't seem like you don't seem like a guy will go after that if it happens it happens you're not gonna like yeah sweat people for that shit yeah, I have a hard time sweating people for yeah. stuff because I just feel so weird asking people. Because I love people that, ask me shit all the time, and I'm like, man, this motherfucker's really thinking I can do some crazy shit here. You Eminem know? guest list plus five, right? <laughs> so for me to ask, like, because hey, I have I have asked people for stuff and they never they never can come through, mm. but they're like, hey, man, you know, you know, I kick it with homeboy all the time, and I'm like, yeah. You know, like, would you ever want to shoot him? I go, yeah. If you can make it happen, you know, I'm not gonna break yeah, your gonna... balls or nothing. But you know, and he goes, "Come on, bro. Like, that's my guy." Yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah. We play golf every day. I kick it with him all the time. <laughs> that's my boy. Okay, cool. If you can hook it up, go ahead. Hey, whatever happened with that shoot with homeboy? <laughs> oh man, he's been right. he's been real busy. Okay. Cool. A couple months later. Did you ever you ever hit homeboy up? I just wanted to test it to see, you know? Yeah. Like, because they were putting a lot on it. That That's my boy. That's mm-hmm. my people. That's my guy. That's my homie. So I'm like, okay, cool. Let's see, you know? <laughs> Show me. It fucking never came through. It was all, you know, you know, they say the Hollywood bullshit. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was all that and a, and a bag of chips. That sucks. The vegan ones. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you being here, man. It really do mean a lot. And uh, yeah, just seeing your journey and like uh, meeting you back then and continue being a friend with you, all your success. I'm like super happy for you, man. Thank you, brother. Hell yeah. Thanks for being here, Derek Green. Word up. Uh, for your assistance. And dude, I want to take you to Little Pine. You been to Little Pine? No. We take Little Pine vegan yeah, spot. It's great. It's like over by Silver Lake area. Okay. Amazing place. Yeah. There's a lot of spots. Yeah, well, I definitely get you some information on it. Yeah, that'd be dope. All right. Thanks to all the listeners and. Uh, Okay, we out of here. Peace. Bye, Brent. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Um, please rate, review, uh, subscribe. If you haven't subscribed yet to this podcast, please do that. And whatever platform you are listening to this on, I'm glad you found me. You can rate me and review me on there also. So thank you guys sincerely for the support. I cannot wait for you guys to hear the next one.